Oh my gosh, it's episode 39 of Hotline League. Bet you didn't see this one coming. Well, actually, we're doing it on a Wednesday because I was traveling. We're going to talk about that. I was uh, talking to some serial people about some esports stuff. Mark is super excited. This is the first time in a while that he's awake for an episode, so it's going to be really good. We had to wake him up because we don't have a guest, but that's fine. There's a lot to talk about. All that and more coming up on Hotline League in just a second. Hotline League is brought to you by Omen by HP. Well, here we are, Hotline League, episode 39. We're one away from episode 40, Mark. Are you excited? I'm, I'm ready. The big 4-0. Yeah. Midlife crisis ready to hit. Let's yeah. change the direction of the show. I don't let's, think 40 is normally when people get... Let's the, add a wheel. Let's add a wheel? Yeah, I don't know. Like a spinning wheel or what? <laughs> yeah, we added one to the LCS countdown. It's uh, great. Okay. Let's steal the idea. Let's add a wheel here. Okay, yeah. Whenever something is feeling like it's at the end of its life cycle, you just add the wheel. Uh, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but isn't you're about to say isn't forty not the time? I feel like forty is exactly when it starts. I feel like people have midlife crises at thirty, which is like one I'm one year away from it. People all think I'm people, in my thirties, but people who have midlife crisis at their thirties are just duds. Yeah. Well, okay, I'll try to avoid it's, it then. Yeah. What forty? Forty and fifty makes sense. Like you had your first kid or two. Like you're starting to give up on your dreams. Your body's not really working. Yeah. Like, 40 makes sense. If you're having the midlife crisis at 30, I don't yeah. know. Brienne is in the chat. I think Rachel just logged on her computer because I always make fun of the fact that Brienne never shows well, up for the show. OPTSM fan, that's that's a quarter-life crisis. The quarter-life crisis is a totally different thing than the midlife crisis yeah. where it's like mid- midlife crisis is you realizing you're, you'll never hit your dreams, whereas the quarter-life crisis is like you don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life. Yeah. Or you just realize like it, life is no longer fun. Because you right. you were like in college and you were partying and by partying I mean playing World of Warcraft nine hours a day and well either way up. you found out sorry you found out how bad it's going to be yeah you found out your lit degree your English degree isn't good for much other than teaching English and starting the show off on a positive note uh, Mark how have you been what's been going on with you. Great. Offline TV launched their merch today. Okay. So you can get this. All right. Are you uh, rubbing shirt. yourself? No, I was just highlighting the... Okay, because it looks... Okay. There's a movement there that I feel uncomfortable with. Um, well, that's great to hear. Congratulations. Is there a Mark shirt? No. Still no Mark-specific merch. Okay. When is that coming? Because I know you've been wanting that for a while. What do you mean? Travis, I only do merch in partnership with other people. Okay. So like, you need to get your face on those on that underwear too. Otherwise, it's never coming out. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, like, uh, so you get the, that. Anything else happen interesting for you in the past week? You, do you do anything? New Hearthstone expansion came out. Been watching a lot of that. Um, finished Octopath Traveler, but I think I had finished that by the time we did the last episode. Yeah. So, uh, no, really not too much. Uh, <laughs> I love when I ask if there's anything interesting. You just go through your games. You're like, well, I beat Octopath games, Traveler and the new Hearthstone game hit. So uh, that's about it. Games, movies, mm. and maybe like a personal update about something, but usually not. Yeah. Usually not. Well, I went to Michigan. This is why we moved the show. Yeah, your Kellogg's trip. Did you get any free merch? Like, do they give you boxes of something that you can no. just take home? Well, I can't. Like, the plane situation, 
it'd be hard if they give me like boxes of cereal and then I have to like figure out how to get that back. Um, why is that? Why is that awkward? That's because like, of, like it's like I'm gonna check this bag of cereal now. That ultimately carry, like probably costs five dollars. Carry the cereal on. I was just walking on with like the Fruit Loops they gave me. Yeah, why not? I don't know. If, I don't know if they do Fruit Loops. I probably just fucked up. Um, <laughs> Rice Krispies, and that's they why do, esports never grew. They do. <laughs> so like, there was one moment. There was one moment in 2018. It, it like it could have gone in the opposite direction. It was the uh, esports was just out of precipice, and then Travis fucked up with a brand, uh, and now esports is it's good. No, I went so I went to Kellogg's. Uh, they they flew me out there, which was very nice of them. Uh, Put me up in the uh, very nice Holiday Inn nearby. Uh, there's not much else in Battle Creek, Michigan, which is where they are. And by the way, Battle Creek, Michigan, it is literally like cereal city because apparently Post is also there, and like uh, they have Kellogg's College and Kellogg's oh. Arena. And like everything is Kellogg's, it's like a city just about this. It's like Hershey. Thing. It's like two, yeah. It's like two hours out from uh, Detroit, and uh, went over there. Really cool. Uh, talked about esports with uh, Seltzer, Smix, and uh, Greg. Game over, Greg, uh, who does um, kind of funny stuff. Is that it? I think it's kind of funny. Anyway, first time meeting him. <laughs> that was a spell. He's really nice. I I just I don't watch a lot of his content, but I hear he's like an amazing person, and he did an amazing job on the uh, on the panel, and uh, seems like a cool guy. Greg Greg Miller, Greg Miller, uh, Dark King says, and uh, yeah, like it's just a it was a meeting with the, their marketing team, and all these people are super interested in esports, super interested in gaming, want to learn, want to know how to do it right. Uh, it's really cool, you know. Like sometimes I've gone in, and I'm not gonna say who, but in the past I've gone in and talked to brands. Uh, who ultimately don't show up in esports, but they just don't, they're they're not really interested in figuring out how to do it in a cool way. And I think they were asking a lot of really great questions like, hey, where can we do something neat? So anyway, uh, just shout out to Kellogg's. They didn't pay me for this and they didn't pay me to go talk to them. But, uh, but they paid for you to do it. They paid the travel. And I think that was worth it because they seem really interested. Are they going to sponsor the show? I mean, I've dropped Hotline League a couple times. I was like, I do this show. It's really great. We got people that call him. We've got all these amazing Twitch users. You know, it was the saddest thing ever was when we were at Yahoo Esports and we had the Reese's Puffs. I can't talk about that. Why not? Because it's under, you can't talk about it. It's an NDA thing. Well, I just, like, they, they ran ads. I'm talking about that. Oh, why was that sad? Because I wanted, at some point, to get some merch. Some free, oh, okay. some free cereal. I never got free cereal. So, like, this is the second coming of my dream of getting free cereal from people sponsoring esports. Yes, I will. I will hit them up. I will tell them Mark would love some free. I actually think that's a great way for them to just do something small in the space. Is just send people a bunch of cereal and right, uh, like, see what happens. Yeah, I'm not gonna like full on plug you, but like, fuck, I'll eat it on yeah. there. Yeah, sit there. It'll be the one time you're okay with me. Disgusting crunching noises on air. Yeah. Speaking of disgusting crunching, crunches noises on the air, uh, let's uh -oh. see. What has been happening in the NALCS this past week? Well, every coach got fired. Every coach got fired. Every single Well, okay, so now. there are some like caveats on some of this stuff. So obviously, an arrow stepped down a couple weeks before. Uh, so he's out, but that was a step down. Uh, David Lim, it was mutual. 
I know that people say mutual whenever they mean fired. My understanding of the situation from talking to people behind the scenes was it actually was mutual. So uh, that's, but he's no longer at Clutch. Um, and then Zix leaves CLG seemingly fired. Uh, and then, wait, am I forgetting about anybody else? Oh, T- Tyler from he's Golden Guardians. Tyler, yeah. Still with the organization, uh, but not. As interacting with the main LCS roster at the time being. At least that's what the announcement made, it seem. So, uh, it's interesting. Why do you think it is? I don't know, because... So, obviously, they all departed or got fired or whatever for different reasons, so it's not going to be, like, a single blanket thing for each of them, but it is, I think, still, like, in a symptom somewhat of franchising and, like how things roll a little bit more, I guess, in traditional sports where like, if things aren't working out, like you just make that decision as soon as you don't think it's working out. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is really weird. Well, they can't, we're past the roster deadline, right? So I think that's part of it. Um, is that if you are a team, if you are dissatisfied with your, your current situation and you feel like you need to make a change, you can either bring people in from Academy or you can, make a change at the coach level. Right. And I think in a lot of ways, a coach change is somewhat less disruptive, assuming you are like promoting internally because someone's already been there the whole time. And there's like not that much to go through Um, versus like a roster change, which uh, unless like you were already like doing split scrims, like you're not sure how it's going to go. Right. Yeah. 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 I yeah I don't know I just, for me in a lot of situations some of the stuff just doesn't make sense like the departure of Tony from CLG is really confusing to me because I don't see how getting rid of him in the final two weeks of the split is going to get you to where you need to be I'm not saying that keeping him is going to but what are you hoping to accomplish with that move uh, and there wasn't as much. Zix is Zix in the chat. Oh, he wrote "Rip me." Zix is here in chat. Um, uh, how do we talk about this one? <clears throat> yeah, he's I was a, he's say, a, that dude is fucking shit. Of course, you're gonna fire him. Right? He's now. a great guy. Um, yeah, no, but it's it's weird because it it's I just don't understand the reasoning. I haven't talked to Nick about this or anything, and I, I don't know what went on behind the scenes. Uh, there's been a kind of a lack of messaging, right? Like, oh, we really like Tony, and it's unfortunate he's leaving, but he's leaving, and it doesn't seem like it's Tony's decision. And I again, I just don't understand how um, within with two weeks left in the split, like this is somehow going to everything changed once Tony was no longer in the building, you know? Yeah, I mean, like it has to be, especially with some like some of these other guys, they don't have like the long standing history that that Tony kind of has, and like he was kind of synonymous with CLG at this point, um, but. Like you have to think there was some sort of clash between him and the management or something. Like I just speculation, but like otherwise, yeah. Why not just wait for two weeks if you don't make worlds? Then like the same thing would have happened anyway, or make playoffs. Same thing would have happened anyways. Yeah. Here is one theory that I have. Okay, so who who all made coach changes? Okay, Echo Fox doesn't really count, but we saw coaching changes at Golden Guardians at CLG Clutch and Clutch person left, but TSM as well. Um, oh yeah. Okay. So Weldon showed up, but are they, does that change? 
No, like uh, Song, you know, per the ESPN report, uh, got a pay cut and was taken off stage and Loco or um, Lust Boy was on stage and stuff. Yeah. So like, uh, it sounds like there was some pretty, based off that ESPN article, it sounded like there was a pretty either way, serious power shift. You're more of the sports guy between the two of us. In traditional sports, whenever a team is failing, coaches get axed really quick, right? Like they're the first thing to go. Am I wrong? Uh, I feel like I constantly see like this team struggling halfway through the season. This coach yeah, is fired. Yeah, I mean, like to be fair, in those leagues, most of them have thirty teams, and so like if you turn over four coaches in the middle of a season, that's actually not that crazy. Yeah. Uh, but usually, co- like it's very results driven, right? Like if if a team is is underperforming in the sports world, I think the coach gets the X, right? So that's my question: is was there a pressure from Madison Square Garden? Um, MSG who owns CLG to say like, well, what are you doing to do this? Like, why are you not like if your team is if we all think your team should be performing better than they are, why is your coach still there? And I wonder if there was pressure there. I wonder if there was pressure from GSW leadership to like make a change at the Golden Guardians level um, after the team started losing. Like, it, it's just it's it's an interesting question for me. It's like. Are we starting to see stuff from the sports world start to make its way into LCS? But you tell me if I'm fucking wrong. No, I think that – I don't think it happens in sports at the level where like 40% of the coaching staffs are changing. 50% yeah. if you include like a narrows thing, right? Like literally 50% of the league in summer. Well, they're all changed. under longer contracts in traditional sports, right? People sure, but I don't think – if anything, that would be why you would ax it because it's not like you're just going to wait them out. Oh, yeah, I see. The top results. What the? Alexa? Shut yeah. up! Sorry, my phone vibrated. I was trying to turn off the thing, and then it did that. Okay. Hmm, uh, I'm not sure. Well, and then you triggered her. Um, all right. So, I don't know. Maybe so, we'll get a call from that. Yep. Uh, how did the results go this weekend? I'm trying to remember. Uh, this was actually a week. We normally do this on Mondays, and it's like we're fresh off of it. Now it's Wednesday. I'm trying to a little feedback. Can you bump your thingy a little bit? Um, like lower my the, the the gate. Can you bump the gate up? Oh yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Let me just turn my volume down. Keep talking. So I was just gonna say that uh, this weekend actually went pretty normal. I don't think we've had many many weekends where like for the most part the favorite teams win. Yeah. But Jat and I both went nine and one this weekend. I think. Wow. In our predictions, so like for the most part things shook out the way you would expect. Not like you would have expected it a couple weeks ago, but like. You know, Optic and FlyQuest doing decently well. Yeah. C9's rising. and TSM's still losing to Echoflux, by the way. TSM's just still losing in general. Yeah. <clears throat> well, they beat Golden Guardians. Um, I it's, We can't talk too much about TSM because then people yell at me. People are really upset, by the way, that I talk about TSM lately. I well, think it's, it's interesting it's because up I up think... up in everyone else's interviews, Travis. What's that? It's because it's showing up in everyone else's interviews. Hey, when a team plays TSM and then beats TSM and they weren't expected to, I think it's interesting to talk about TSM. I also think, honestly, TSM is probably the most interesting narrative from this entire year. Like, the the legacy after all these years is seemingly broken. I don't think they're going to make Worlds. And that's maybe one of the craziest things to happen in... uh, do I think Doublelift will get in trouble for saying TSM bribed Riot Games? No. They'll probably just tell them not to do that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't think that... Uh, I don't. I just... I don't know. 
So I think it's the most interesting. Am I wrong? I mean, I don't think you're wrong because there's not much else to talk about. I think maybe in some other contexts, like if TSM was sucking, but like there was a Griffin in NA that we should be popping off about, maybe. But the top three teams are the top three teams from last split in the exact same order, minus like FlyQuest, who haven't, like I've said before, they're kind of like clutch from last split where it's like, yeah, they have a good record. They make some good plays. They're clearly not a bad team, but they're really, they don't look like they're at all threatening to actually challenge any of those top three teams in the best of five. Yeah. So like, it's hard to talk about something when it's the same thing as the last split. I mean, I think it is the same thing as the last split, but this time it matters a lot more, right? Well, it matters and, a lot and more. And they than- had a better excuse last split. The last split, they could, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Last split, they could say, oh, we are brand new and we just re- changed out like a shit ton of our roster. I don't know what their excuse is now. No, I, I agree. I was going to say the same thing. Like, it's the exact same situation as last time. There's less story building to do around like the teams. Uh, and for TSM, people were talking a fair amount about them last split when they were struggling, like you said, but there was a reason for it. And now it's like not just, oh, they might struggle to make playoffs. Yeah. That'd be fucking crazy to like, we won't see them at Worlds if they. Don't make playoffs. Yeah. So I'm, um, I'm there with you. I think it's time to get into calls. Um, you want to explain how this works? Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about the topics first? So that way people can start. Oh, yeah. Okay. So up. here's here's what I will say, because this is coming up a little bit in Twitch chat. Uh, so obviously there was an article uh, that came out this week about alleged sexism at Riot Games. Uh, spent the last 24 hours thinking a lot about how to address this. And I, I, I know a lot of people will disagree with this stance, but I, I, I've struggled. Um, and especially looking at Highline League, what I don't want to see is a conversation with a bunch of dudes about sexist charges uh, against a company that, uh, you know, we all are, are working with, uh, it's just like a weird situation. It's a weird way to try to address it. It's a weird group of people. So um, I think, look, if somebody Jade49 in Twitch chat says, Travis going to pussy out again. First off, gendered language. All right. Ironic that you'd use that term uh, when we're talking about this topic. Uh, I don't think, look, here's the deal. I don't think Hotline League is the place to do this, to have this conversation. Because people are going to call in we don't have a producer to sort of figure out, make sure that the conversations are going to be civil and reasonable and, you know, not childish and shitty. And I don't want to make the problem and the discussion and all this stuff worse by giving a platform to all the insanity and by having a discussion without any sense of diversity involved. Right. We've had women on the show before. We don't have them on the show today. Maybe we should have tried to, Either way, we just don't have it. So one thing I will say is that if uh, I, I don't want to shut off all conversation about the topic, if uh, there is like a, a female caller who wants to come on, share her opinion about this stuff, uh, I think that that would be totally acceptable. That's where I'm kind of at. I'll get blamed for this. I get it. But like that's it's a it's a sensitive subject. It's controversial. And that's how I've chosen to address it on this show. Uh, yeah, Mark. Do you, I, I mean, I, you don't need to say anything if if you don't want to. No, but I think like like to your point, like this is mostly an esports talk show. Uh, 
right? We almost only talk about NALCS too. It's not even like the league scene as a whole, but I do think this is like relevant enough that if there is a compelling topic in there, like I'll try and pull it and I'll try and talk with the person beforehand a little bit longer than when I'm usually just checking to make sure their audio is fine because it doesn't really matter if someone comes on and flames TSM. It's not really the same situation here. Um, so it's not like we're, correct me if I'm wrong here, Travis, it's not like we're completely not going to have the conversation, but like we're going to be a lot more prudent than we usually are when yeah. talking about something. Yeah. Uh, and also just some people in chat mentioning it, like bring women on the show more, like hundred percent down to, uh, I mean, we have frost on here a couple of times. If she's watching in chat and we don't know, like hundred percent down to have her on as well. Uh, but other than frost and maybe Kelsey, but she's busy most often in Europe, like being an analyst for a team. I don't, and I don't know how much I she's watching. There's not that many people to chime in. So, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of people taking issue in chat with my conversation about having a, a woman call in to talk about it. I think, I think it is, it would be really weird. I don't know how else to say this. I just think it'd be really weird to just have three dudes talking about a sexism issue. I just, I don't know how else to say it. Like, I think that's really weird. I also think it's really un- disappointing that, you know, the current setup and climate for this stuff doesn't really allow, um, for open discuss, I think it's that's like a shitty situation that there's not a way for people to openly discuss it. But like it's just complicated. Uh, again, like I get people are going to take issue with the fact that we're not just people are tuning in. They want drama. They want us to just like either say that we the article's all wrong and how dare people say this, or say that the article is right and how dare Riot do this. It's just that's not what the show is, and I don't want to make the situation worse. Maybe there are other options and other content ways to do this. Maybe there's other platforms. I'm going to keep thinking about it and try to come up with something. That's where we're at for this show. Uh, Mark, you want to explain how Collins work? Yes. So if this is your first time watching and you don't know what the hell we're really talking about right now, uh, in Twitch chat, I'll be posting, spam posting the Discord link. When you get here, uh, there will be two voice channels, Pleb Calls and Pleb Calls 2. You can just hop into one of those and mute yourself once you're in there. And then within the text channels above that says pleb topics and subtopics, uh, you will go ahead and post whatever it is that you want to talk about and specifically what your take is. So, you know, you don't want to just say, I want to talk about the sexism article out in Kotaku. Like, please have your, your actual take in there so I can know what we're getting into a little bit. Same with anything else. If you want to talk about why TSM is screwed, why the coaches are getting fired, why NA sucks why TSTL is going to become the great NA hope and do fantastic, whatever it is, make sure to include some of your reasoning in there as well. And then anyways, once you post that, if I like it, I'll pull you into the waiting room. Uh, When it's your turn, I'll come down and I'll make sure that your microphone's fine. And then we'll pull you into the show to talk about it. And if you are a sub, by the way, which I'll be reading out some subs in a second. uh, First off, thank you. Secondly, if you link your account to discord, you can get access to the sub chat. Uh, Mark and I pull people from there as well. You don't have some sort of like unfair advantage if you get into the sub chat, but I do think that it, uh, it, you know, it gives you like a little bit of a a leg up because it moves a little bit slower. So anyway, thank you to all those. Uh, Mark is going to pull through that right now. And I am going to go to the Streamlabs dashboard and read off uh, some people. Uh, Thank you so much to, I think we had... Scar94LOL for resubbing for three months. 
Avarice Jubes, Ubi87, Kate Relics, Kazakurt, Karkarov, PhD, Bonzo TV. Boba Cola gifted us up to five people, which are Everyday Wrestler, Your Mother's Onion, Vonta Spectrum, X Mr. Pinko, C4314N, uh, Units. Uh, J Smash, Kane of Bane, Blonde Scroll reset for six months and says, My work schedule finally changed so I can watch the show live. Thank you for your six months. Kawhi Infinity, Die Hard Loser, Coley Bear 12, Lixie who reset for two months and says, Pog Chap, Hassan HS uh, subbed, Dark King reset for seven months uh, and says, How was it meeting Greg Miller? Super nice guy. Loved him. Uh, Real Foxy One gifted a sub to sell me drugs. Phil Mahiney, Riot Rissix subbed. Real Foxy gifted a sub to CNN as fake news. Uh, Ari Waddle resub for six months and says Omen by HP, uh, our sponsor for the show. Shiny Froki resub for five months and says what five months it's been. There are some more, but we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, where are we at on folks, Mark? I'll get the first one. Okay. Get a couple. How are you guys doing Twitch chat? Uh, if you missed it, I did launch a show. It's a profile on uh, different individuals that work at Riot. Uh, the first episode is Ghostcrawler that came out last uh, yesterday. You can uh, check it out. The next one coming out tomorrow is with Nathan Blau, who was the individual who was on the show uh, a couple weeks ago. Right, employee works as a data analyst there and has some interesting insights. Um, <clears throat> let's see. It looks like oh, okay. So we've got Christy on the show. How's it going, Christy? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? Pretty good. Where are you calling from? Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. So what are you looking to talk about on the show tonight? Um, so I know the Kotaku article is a really big issue right now. Um, so this one is kind of personal for me because I am also looking to break into the esports industry, but I'm kind of wondering if such issues are allowed to persist within company giants like Riot. How can more women actually be included in roles within esports organizations and games like Riot? So it's an interesting situation. Again, like a little. I, I wish we had a woman on the panel right now to talk about this. Me um, too. <laughs> your question is: uh, How can women be more involved in this stuff? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I think there are two in the past twenty-four hours. There are two organizations because I've been kind of doing some research on organizations out there that are about promoting this stuff. Um, I think. For me, uh, two that stand out are AnyKey. Um, so this is a a partnership between Intel and ESL that I, I remember got announced a couple of years ago, I think. Uh, and it's all about uh, fair and inclusive gaming. They have a lot of different projects and they partner with uh, different women uh, and individuals in the space. So that's really cool. And then and they're at AnyKey.org. And there are, there's also, a, if you go to wearevideogames.org, uh, there's a, an association initiative called We Are, which is a partnership between ESA, or sorry, ESA and Red Bull, um, all about sort of telling the uh, connecting women, their mission says it's designed to connect women with diverse backgrounds in the video game industry to educate on the impact of women in the community and the legacy they have achieved and to inspire new voices and talent to contribute passionately to video games. So I think those are great initiatives that are happening that are hopefully pushing us in that direction. Um, I, I also think, by the way, there's a, I think it's a, it's called be valiant because your question was specifically about esports organizations, right? Mostly. Yeah. But also just 
in general, like gaming companies? Yeah. Well, on the esports organization uh, side, um, props to the folks over at Immortals because their Overwatch League side uh, did an event called Be Valiant, uh, which is a, or it's I guess it's their initiative, uh, Be Valiant, and they did several different things, including a uh, block party. Um, oh, maybe the block party got postponed, but they did a Girls in Gaming Summit uh, presented by Microsoft. So I think. The good news is, is that there are some initiatives out there that are trying to push this stuff. Um, you know, I think one thing that I would like to hear is uh, from, from there was a really great, ironically, right before this stuff came out, I tweeted out this article um, that was really fascinating to me. It was a, written by a woman who uh, placed really well. I'm not familiar with the the Magic the Gathering scene, but oh, oh yeah. yeah. I read that article too. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, it's over on my Twitter. Uh, Jess, uh, Jess Stefan is the Twitter account. Um, and I guess she won a grand prix, which I believe to be a big deal in magic, the gathering. Mm -hmm. And it was a, it's an interesting account of her experience going through all of that. And at the end, there's a section where she says, so how can we make competitive game uh, magic more welcoming for women? And kind of goes by step by step on how to go about that. It was really interesting for me to read. And I, I really appreciate the step by step. And I think, you know, what I think would be helpful for the discussion moving forward would be to see. And I think we saw some of this during sort of the conversation around the Me Too movement at the start of the year. Uh, women in the esports space come out and sort of give, uh, you know, pointers on how people can help. So that's the stuff that's interesting to me. I don't know what you think, Christy. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty loaded sort of topic, but you know, I really like the stuff that you've mentioned so far. And I did remember reading that Magic the Gathering article. I personally am also not really connected with Magic the Gathering like in any way, but you know. Like, just simply reading the stuff that she was talking about, about how she was going to these competitive events and, you know, all these guys are, like, questioning her. They're like, why did you fly across the country to come here? And she's like, oh, my boyfriend is with me. And they're like, oh, I get it. Like, you're just here to support your boyfriend who's playing. Like, yeah. everyone just automatically assumed she was not there to play video games. She was there to support someone else doing it. And, you know, that's something that really resonates with me because... I've been to video gaming conventions several times and I always get weird looks like nobody ever really pictures a girl as a gamer. Like this was also mentioned in the Kotaku article is like everyone's uh, sort of opinion, their first uh, impression of what a gamer should look like and should act like is basically a guy. So I think that, there really need some extra steps and kind of recognizing that, you know, not like, okay, I'm sorry. No, my it's fine. NyQuil, You're fine. My NyQuil is kicking in, so I'm trying to be as eloquent. And no worries. No, because I think it's good. <laughs> um, basically, you know, there's also that issue with the sirens as well and how that was kind of a mess. I feel, I feel like that really put a, a shadow on women in gaming just because of the way that they were teased and made fun of. And they're still like memed about today. So I just really think that people in gaming communities really need to recognize that girls actually do play video games. 
and they're not doing it to just like get attention or they're friends with people that play games, that kind of thing. Yeah. No, I think that's really fair. And I really appreciate you calling in and having this conversation uh, with us. Um, is there anything yeah. else that you, you would want to mention or say before we move on to the next caller? Um, could I possibly change the subject a little bit? Sure, sure. What do you want to talk what about? What do you guys think about CLG letting go of Coach Six? Yeah. I think we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the show. Um, uh, but I didn't really give my thoughts. Yeah, Mark, I'm much. curious about your thoughts because I know I said sort of my take. I kind of hate it. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what happened, but on paper you have one of the best like NA coaches. And I think you can look at the roster and be like, all right, we've seen him be successful with another roster. We're not as good as we were then. Um, and so like we should get him more talent to coach and work with. But that's why I said it seemed like that's what I think. And I think that's what a lot of the community thinks. So that's why I said it, it probably had to be something else. Yeah. Very curious. Uh, all right. Uh, I want to say thank you so much to Christy for coming on the show. And thank you to the mods who are working overtime on the chat uh, right now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for letting me discuss this. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. Have a good rest of your evening. Thank you. You too. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next caller. We've got... Uh, should we do... I shouldn't guess someone, should I? Yeah, uh, you can grab one more person. We've got time. Okay. We started a little late. Um, let's see. Real Foxy one gifted, uh, resubbed for nine months. Thank you, Real Foxy. Uh, shout out to Oteo. They are here for me this week, unlike Kelby. Yeah, Kelby, unfortunately, is traveling right now. Otherwise, I would have tried to pull him. Nova Prospect reset for seven months. Broden's been killing it with uh, setups for playmakers. Good stuff, boys. Thank you. Real Foxy gifted us up to Broden. Uh, Abba Suini uh, reset for four months. And Bobacola gifted a sub to x Mermage. We've got Moonizzle on the show right now. Moonizzle, how's it going? Good, Travis. How are you doing? Pretty good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Anaheim. Anaheim. That's right. I remember you're nearby. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um. Well, uh... Due to uh, the firing of Zix, I was just thinking that uh, maybe CLG could uh, put in an arrow and Froggen. An arrow and Froggen. Uh, yeah. Like, well, you you want them to hire an arrow, and then why? Oh, Froggen as a coach. Uh, I mean, as a coach, possibly, or maybe even just putting him in mid lane. Okay. Do you mean for this split or for next split? For next split, obviously, because oh, the next split, I think okay. are locked. Yeah, I was, I was just making sure because. I think Travis was a little, I was a little confused too. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. Uh, that's an interesting take. I think, well, so they could do it because they can't, they have the import slot. I, if I'm CLG and I don't make it to worlds this year, I'm probably making pretty big changes to that roster. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think we're kind of getting ahead by talking about roster changes and oh, for this organization and right after week seven, but that's kind of my, my take. I mean, I think uh, to the point about like changing out coaches, like I, I think six was fine, but now that he's gone. Like maybe an arrow makes a lot more sense uh, as like one of the people left up. You can also potentially look to get a Korean coach or something like that. Who really knows? Uh, the frogging point's an interesting one because the whole style that CLG has pushed for so long, ever since Zix has been the coach, there has really been like a teamwork oriented one and like moving around the map and who he's probably. 
for all his faults and, and highs and lows. He's, he's a very selfless player who like will do whatever he thinks is best to get like the game going. And Froggen, at least playstyle wise, from what I've seen, is kind of the opposite of that. And so it would be like a fundamental redefining of how the team works, which might not have been possible with Tony on the team because he he wants them playing a certain way or maybe the whole team wants to play that way. I don't really know. But uh, maybe this coaching change opens up that roster change as well. Yeah. I would be interested, like, again, if if CLG can't make this work, they I think it's just time for them to reset. Like, they they no longer have their coach who was kind of like the uh, one of the, the defining individuals uh, at that organization. And what they have, like, I think a lot of the iconic players are no longer there. It's, people have been kind of talking about, like, oh, we lost Doublelift and we lost Aphromoo and we lost Six uh, over the past couple of years. Maybe it's time to just like reset and reform and try to see what you can do. And maybe, by the way, even just taking a step back, right? Because I think CLG has suffered over the past year because expectations have continued to remain high given CLG's legacy. So if they were to say, look, we are intentionally resetting, we're finding some rookie talent, uh, we're doing this kind of going with that Golden Guardians route of, hey, we're going to build ourselves back up. I think that that would be maybe healthy for them. They lose some fans in the short term, but maybe healthy for them long term, long term. Yeah, I feel like that's something that they might have to look at. But um, I feel like it also this change would also help uh, Rainover as well because right now Rainover is like I don't know in a tough spot, kind of like uh, basically the sh- the the focus is like towards bot lane right now because they're like honestly like hard carrying in my opinion. But besides that, besides the fact like I think Froggen would be in a controlled style for them and that would help them. And then if Rainover could perhaps funnel in and help support Froggen, then Botlane could do their thing and then they could help snowball from there. Yeah. I think it could and be people, interesting. People I don't know if Frog like if you in a, in a world where you're resetting the roster, I don't know if I well in a world where you have the opportunity to reset the roster, I don't know if you bring Frog in and, and say like, okay, he's what we're gonna build around. I mean I, I can understand that for sure. But uh they could you could look at it as them building around Stick say Biofrost, Rain Over. Yeah. Yeah, I think I like that idea a little bit more, um, given that they're a little bit more of a proven. Now, of course, they're not proven without Tony there or whatever, but Biofrost seems like a, a bit of a stud. And Stick say can be a little like streaky, but for the most part, seems pretty good. And if the rest of the team is doing well, he'll be doing well. Uh, so. My only concern, like I said, is Froggen's a completely different play style from what we've ever seen out of CLG. But if they're blowing it up and starting over, maybe maybe it works. But at that point, you're, we're talking about turning over 60% of the roster, and it's hard to know what else you're filling it in around. Hey, since we're talking about Tony, uh, Moonizzle, if you can tag along for a little bit here, I mean, it's be interesting to know your take on the subject. What what happens if CLG wins the next like several games? Uh, I'm, I'm curious, like Mark or Moonizzle, what do you guys think? Uh, my gut reaction is like honeymoon phase. Okay. No, I doubt Tony was part of the problem. Or like, I mean, I give Tony a lot of the benefit of the doubt, obviously, because it's really good. And probably because I'm a little biased because I'm a bit of his friend too. But I think anytime that there's changes, there's often like this like extra bit of hope and like things are different and everything feels different. Um, and so people kind of... Yeah, anytime you make action. a change, it's like a reset moment. Yeah, so even if someone wasn't a problem, even just any change can help yeah. uh, temporarily. And so even if they go on a little bit of a streak here, um, barring a significant playoff run, I don't know 
um, if, you know, I would read too far into it. And even then, like Plop, their guy who's going to be stepping in is someone who's worked with Tony for a long time. I know Plop pretty well. Uh, or not pretty well. I shouldn't say that. Like, But I've heard a lot about him from Tony and from other people who think he's pretty good. So I think they're in decent hands. And if they do make a, a good late season surge and it actually is like a, a deep playoff run, then I think you have a lot of... Oh, Goldman, excuse me, Lauren. Uh, he's, going, <laughs> he's going by Goldman now instead of Plop. Um, Let's just keep calling him Plop. I'm going to keep calling him Plop. Will Plop uh, Flop. Will Pop Flop. That's a new Twitch chat. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. But if, if, if they go on a late season run, maybe. Like just a couple of games at the end of a season that's going to be over for them anyways it would not speak to me very much. Yeah. Minizel? Um, I mean, it's kind of hard for me because Tony brought two championships to the team in the org. And uh, I mean, like, like, uh, like Mark said, you know, it's going to be like a honey, honeymoon phase type thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't by really the way, say. their schedule this weekend is TSM and FlyQuest. I think both of those are winnable. Definitely. I'm not. We can't talk about why TSM. Hope, hope we don't see a base race though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, do you think they can take TSM? I mean, can can't anyone take TSM right now? I mean, yeah. It's I tough. mean that they lost to. Uh, or they beat Golden Guardians this past week, so... It was close. Yeah. If I remember correctly. By the way, I did an interview with Rainover... Or, sorry, with Biofrost three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, I think. Maybe four. And in it, they had just gone 2-0. And he says, yeah, the last time we went 2-0, we lost the next six games. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you, you got to be careful. <laughs> Biofrost, you might be cursing yourself. Oh, and man. he's like, no, I think we're going to be fine. They have lost the next six games. So, Jesus. yikes. Yikes. Yeah, a Chat's lot of... starting to blame you for that. Yes, yeah, the CLG staff <laughs> blames me because I retweeted every time. Matcom gets really angry. Um, anyway, uh, thank you so much, Munizel, for your call. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, moving on uh, to a quick break here. Just in time. Just in time. I want to talk to you guys about... Drum roll. Maybe the most important thing ever to exist. Owen by HP. Sitting up here. We got them in a different location because there's only two of us this week. Uh, Owen by HP. Uh, they have, uh, they've been supporting the show now for quite some time. They are amazing to work with. Really enjoyed uh, working with them. And one of the things that we've worked on recently, recently is a show called Good Game Well Played. Uh, GGWP. You can find it on the Omen by HP YouTube channel. I'm going to pull it up right now. Uh, they, they, it's a, the first episode talking about CLG is all about uh, Biofrost. And we've now had, there's a couple different things that we've put out from it now. Uh, obviously, the trailer, the full edited episode. But one of the things that I want to show you guys, uh, which I'm going to show up on, or I'm going to throw up on the screen in just a second, is because I'm partial to this, obviously, a full interview that i have done it's the because the, the show is a, a bunch of different things it's like a lot of uh this interview that i've done with uh biofrost but it's also these other elements uh it, we edited down an hour-long interview to get into that show it's it becomes about maybe like 22 minutes of conversation but now now the full unedited episode is up on or full unedited interview is up on the 
uh, YouTube channel. So you can go check that out. It'd be really interesting, by the way, uh, to know if you guys like the unedited interview or if you like the more polished show that we have uh, that we ended up putting out. Uh, but that's the thing that I've been working on with them for quite some time. And the, the hour-long interview, by the way, it's not just like jibber-jabber. We actually dive into... Uh, you know, wh- how, where Biofrost grew up, sort of what life was like for him when he was young, how he found League. One of the things that I found found out that was really interesting was uh, the fact that he apparently uh, never expected. He wasn't he was playing League and getting really good and just not following League esports at all. He had he was had no interest in it. Like he was vaguely aware of who people were. That's kind of where he was at before he went pro. So that interview is up. Uh, I will link to their YouTube channel in the description. I will also link to their YouTube channel. Uh, right now in the Twitch chat, so you guys can check it out. T- check it out. But thank you so much to Owen by HP for their support. Please go uh, take a look at that content because we did. It's it represents the uh, blood and pain and sleepless hours of a lot of different people. It's pretty pretty freaking high production. Um, really big uh, fan and, and proud of what we were able to do together. So thank you so much to Owen by HP for your support of the show, and thank you to all of you for checking out. Good game, well played, featuring Biofrost. What's the spiciest thing in there in that full interview? Is there any spice? He talks about talks about TSM. He talks about the time that he was there, and I ask him, you know, like there's rumors that behind the scenes it's not great, and uh, he he answers that that conversation. And we talk about it, so uh, I think it's pretty good good conversation to have. Uh, if you saw the full episode and you wanted more, now you can uh, take a look at the full interview that's out there it's pretty cool uh so thank you so much to Omen by hp mark if you want to pull the next person yeah i would love to uh somebody uh quadraman says when is the backstage uh video with team liquid coming out very good question you know who you should be asking you should be asking broden plett there's his twitter he's my uh, creative director he's in charge of it he's working on playmakers and he did a lot of work on that but he's the one that's... So we're all waiting on him for the Team Liquid video. I hope it comes out soon. Uh, go tweet him, bug him. OPTSM mm. fan is in the channel. How's it going, OPTSM fan? Hey, how's it going, Travis? And Mark? Pretty pretty good. I'm turning you up because you were loud in the past. You've called in a couple times before, right? Yeah, I think at least three or four times. But, okay. you know, love the show, obviously. Nice. What you? I think you had a controversial take that we might have clipped out one time. Um, no, I was the guy with the milk with Frost Skurin. Oh, yes, and... that's right. Okay, oh, we did clip that. Oh, yeah, that was so funny. Yeah, and you yeah, live that... in Texas? Yeah, Houston, Texas. Yeah. Houston, Texas. Well, welcome to, uh, welcome back to the show. What do you want to talk about yeah. on the show tonight? Um, newsflash, I actually want to talk about TSM. Shocking. Um, but I want to say that it's actually... Their lack of success is really, really good, and I think that TSM fans need to stop acting like the whole entire ship is burning and we just need to throw everything out. Sorry, did you say their uh, lack of success is good? For the organization long term, yes. Mm, okay. Well you're gonna have to make it uh, you'll have to make a strong argument for this one, my boy. Uh I think because They've had so much success doing just enough to get by in NA, and while NA, through franchising and just through importing, has gotten stronger, what they've been able to just get by with hasn't worked. Um, I, I, I watch a lot of uh, analysts and stuff, and they talk about how, like, they don't think, even though I personally think, like, IG is, like, the best team, but they're just out 
mechanicing people. And I think for a long time, maybe you just had the best staff or the best resources on TSM because, uh, you know, they were the most successful organization. Everyone wanted to go there. Uh, but I think if you look at, I, I put in my my take to Mark is that if you look at KT like last year, at this time, everyone thought they were going to blow up. It was a whole full year with them putting together this so-called super team with Pawn and, you know, Deft and Mata that, you know, were, you know, this duo that came over from a different region and stuff like that. And then a year later, now they look like one of the best teams in Korea and in the world. But obviously that's not what I'm trying to say that TSM can be, but they can get better if they stick with this team going forward and take a hard look about some of the things that have made them not achieve their goals this year. And I think that actually having an off season to finally do that would be better. Mark, you're escaping your box and, and you're right, thinking right. about this here. I'm, I'm reading things and listening very closely. Um, well, if you were listening a, closely, then what's your response? Uh, it's a bit of a tough self. Like I, I'm half, I'm eating them halfway. Like I think that this, a school like this can be good for you in the kind of way where like organizationally you get to reevaluate a lot of things that were working in the past versus now, hopefully. And like what went right, what went wrong. And maybe that can help you in, in the long term. Um, with the specifics of this roster, though, I'm not 100% sold because, you know, KT had a, a period of time where they were like, they're, they, although their first year together, they definitely struggled and were not as good as they should be. And they made a couple small changes on people like UCAL instead of Pawn or whatever. Uh, I still think they were contending for number one at different points in that season. Like there was the SKT versus KT, like super, super hype matchup where they were both like only one loss or something. Um, but then I think like, you know, they, they had their struggles, their ups and downs, but I still think they, they had periods where you like could see the potential. Whereas like with this TSM roster, you haven't really seen the potential too much. There was like kind of the late season push or late, late split push last split where they went on a small run before losing in quarters. So I'm a little hesitant about that though. I would also believe that like with one or two roster tweaks, this could be a great lineup. Um, yeah. And you want I'll roster talk. tweaks though, Mark. Yeah, I wouldn't say give like these five guys another shot. Like I, I don't think that'll. And and it. you you saw that with KT though, because then come next or this past spring, pawns out and they bring in UCAL. No, you're not going to find some 17 year old prodigy, or in my case, thinking of a jungle prodigy, because I kind of feel like it, it, it's interesting to note that people like Febavin, who's come over from EU, and now Sven and Mitty, who come over from EU. Like they look like very very passive in their laning phases, and like both of their teams, like Clutch and TSM, who obviously I'm both fans of, like play very passive and loss reduction styles. But that we've used to see them on H2K, on G2, on Fnatic when Fevivin was there. If they had a pressure point on the map that they could use as a catalyst, someone who can like spearhead them in the early game, that they can really perform. So I think that that's the place where you need to address it if you want to make a roster tweak. Although I think it's interesting how we haven't seen. Mike Young, not saying he's like the solution or anything like that, or a prodigy, but yeah. that would be one of the roster tweaks that I think you know you can look at. Uh, I I've, I've been all over the TSM subreddit and it's just it, it's an absolute dumpster fire. Everyone's going from oh my god, you know just just you know throw everybody out. Reggie needs to step in. Oh, yeah, I mean, have, have you been to the CLG subreddit? Oh, have you god, been to the Cloud Nine subreddit a couple of weeks ago? Uh, it, these the I, I it is. 
really crazy when you go into these subreddits, whatever a team is tanking hard. Yeah, and it's just, I, I think, I, maybe, I, I, I have a lot of friends who think that, oh, well, TSM, will, we'll clutch it out and everything, it'll be great. I'm just like, I don't have that kind of blind faith that y'all do. And in some ways, I kind of think it'd be better for TSM as an organization going forward to have, I'm not saying humility, because I don't think all these guys are, like, arrogant, but maybe for the fans, it might be better to just be humbled and, like, actually watch from the sideline for once at Worlds. Yeah, I I see the argument. <laughs> I think you're going to have a hard time convincing any TSM fan that them not going to Worlds is ultimately a good thing. Uh, <laughs> I some people are just optimists, Travis. All right, don't rain on on his parade. Well, here's so here's something somebody said to me recently that I really liked. Um, not about TSM, but about a different organization. They said, when everything is going well for you and when you only have success, it is really hard to identify where the problems are. And I think there's an interesting argument argument to be made that TSM has likely, who knows what they are, flaws within the organization and the way they run their team or the way they pick players, whatever. Maybe it just comes down to the, the roster didn't work out. But that when when you are finally confronted with it, you know, that's when you can start to identify those problems. The problem is, is that it's also hard to identify when when everything has worked out for you so long and it suddenly isn't, it's, again, hard to find where the problems are. Um, whereas at least if something builds over time, you get to, like, kind of figure it out. So I'm curious to see how TSM takes and reflects and thinks about all this stuff. Uh, yeah. Should, should be fascinating. I, 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 I agree with that. You, I think... It- it's funny because Bjergsen has always said in like these TSM Legends episodes, it's like, you know, you learn more from a loss than you do from winning because yeah. you get to take. And it's like, well, you've done a lot of that this split. So hopefully going forward, you know, y'all can try to learn more and stuff. So I appreciate the time. I know y'all got to get to other calls, but by, thanks so much. By the way, the, well, the last thing I will say is if they don't, and I don't want us to get sidetracked, but mm-hmm. I think there are some contracts that are coming up at the mm. end of this year. Mm. Um, I think I'm trying to get to his page right now, <laughs> but I think the king himself, Soren, his his contract might be up at the end of this year. So, does he stick around? I don't know. I don't, uh, yeah. I, I'm on a 90% sure that he will stick around, regardless of if the rest of the people around him are there. But I just don't. I not because I think like, oh, who do you replace him with or whatever, but because uh, obviously he's a fantastic player. I'm not one of those people. It's like, Oh, Bjergsen was the problem. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see, I don't see him going anywhere. I think he's too tied to the TSM brand and that Reggie wants to keep him there. So yeah. he'll probably just do anything to keep him there. It'll be interesting for sure. Um, thank you so mm-hmm. much for the call. And yeah, really for sure. Appreciate hearing from you. Yep. Y'all take care. Thanks. And thanks for your support, by the way. Always. Peace. Moving on to the next call. We've got, where are we? A couple different people. Uh, I think it said Nova, Pro- oh, Nova Prospect Resub says, Burden has been killing it uh, with these setups for Playmakers. I do remember saying that. And then the gift, an X-Men Rage. Selim resub for eight months and says, TSM Zixnut. Uh, Red King Hook, Brandonian, six months, says, hey, it's lit. Dr. McGoodbody. Toasty Poo, Wrath of Khan gifted a sub to Christy. Thanks again, Wrath of Khan, for, uh, this, and Christy for coming on the show. 
Living Target resubbed Watch Mar Watch Me Mar Mardu Gladius Lips and Dude Casey. We got the Nova Prospect. Oh, I just read out the Nova Prospect uh, who resubbed for seven months. Thanks for being and here you are. How's it going? It's going good. Is this your first time on the show, or we have have you had you on before? This is my first time on the show. Well, uh, thank you for seven months. You've been supporting me. This is the first time you've come on. So ho hopefully, Mark hasn't been brushing over you during that entire time. Ah, uh, nah, it's all good. Okay, where are you calling from? Uh, sunny and too hot, Los Angeles, my friend. Okay, hey, well, it's not, not it's not sunny. Up. I've got a window in front of me, so I think you're lying. <laughs> it's it's still hot. Okay, yeah, it probably is. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, okay, so I was on the Clutch Gaming subreddit earlier, and uh, I didn't know they had a subreddit. They do. This have is a subreddit. A, this is the most you're the most interesting caller we've had so far because you've <laughs> now shown me that Clutch Gaming has a subreddit. Yes, they do. Okay. Um, and uh, we were talking about Zix leaving CLG, and like if that's a possible like pickup as a coach. Yeah, I see. Zix, D Duka has submitted this. Is that you? Uh no, I can't. Oh, but you pot you pit, you have a giant wall of text in this. I I do. Okay. I do have a giant wall of That's text. That's my favorite kind of Redditor, dude. So yeah. it's just <laughs> I, I was that way too. You just write a fucking wall, fire and forget. Okay. So uh go ahead and, and go elaborate, sorry. Okay. Um so D Lim is gone and if what you're saying uh behind the scenes it sounds like he it it was actually mutual, he left on his own accord. Um, a lot of people have been talking about this this possible like Zeke's pickup or the idea of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and my argument was, although that people like Zeke's and D-Lim are two really good, excellent coaches, they're kind of like old guard. They understand the investments that the players need for them to improve. You know, they uh, uh, take things that are, are good uh, player talent basically and then apply it to the team strategy however i kind of feel that clutch gaming has consistency and cohesiveness already and i just think that picking up somebody like zeke's would be kind of an over uh, uh, sorry an underwhelming uh uh pickup and i think that they should go for somebody more like a korean coach like a european coach somebody that commands respect and is able to innovate things like you don't think zeke's commands respect uh I'm not saying that. <laughs> well, I mean, you said he's underwhelming and you're like, we should get somebody who commands respect and is willing to innovate. I feel like for, I, if you look at the way Zix has to, like his departure, mm -hmm. I feel like he commands the respect of a lot of different people behind the scenes and in front of the scenes and, and on Reddit. And I feel like, I mean, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but CLG, I mean, they're not as insane as an arrow's Echo Fox, but uh, they've been pretty innovative in the past. Right. I think you could definitely say that CLG has had some of the most, and this is something I talked a lot with Scara on GLT and stuff. Like they seem to have some of the most well thought out and prepared level ones, mm -hmm. uh, and it's hard to say how much of that is like the coaching staff, of course, but it has been through a fair amount of rosters that they've had these kind of like good plans, like when they had the Smithy Jungle era, the Rainover Jungle era, Aframu, Biofrost. Like I think. At least in that regard, he's shown he's innovative, as well as right. the fact like CLG was always they've always had some of the weirder team comps that like make some sense and sometimes go a little too far down the rabbit hole. But I think if you're looking for innovation and respect, there's basically no better NA option. And if you're saying you don't think that's good enough, then that's right. a fair perspective, I guess. Uh, but I, I would say like 
you know, innovation and respect is, is kind of like, I think Zig, Zig, but now you got me saying his name wrong. Yeah, Zix is Zix to be <laughs> yeah. clear, but you should keep calling him Zeeks because it's uh, throwing off. Twitch chat is losing their mind. <laughs> it's, I'm losing my mind too now. Uh, but yeah, I think my bad, my bad. I, I think he, he would be a good pickup for a lot of teams. It could just be one of those things where like a change was needed. Sometimes that you just like people get into a rut. They're doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And uh, sometimes, you know, while it sucks and feels bad, it might be for the best. But it does sound like you're saying clutch is too good for Zix. I, I think you're twisting my words there, Travis. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But what? But you do. You would rather see a, a coach picked up from Europe or Korea. Do you have a, a coach in mind? Um, not necessarily. I mean, somebody like uh, Yamoto Cannon or something like that, who is like an incredible innovator. He seems like the type of guy that would command respect. And obviously, I kind of have a negative connotation towards. NA in general, I guess, and NA coaches, just because I feel like we've gotten to a point to where a lot of teams feel like there is this special formula where it's like, if we play passive and follow these rules, then we can win a game. Um, just given the Inven global uh, interview that Piglet did and stuff like that, where he's talking about how bot lanes play in NA and how they play passively when their jungler isn't there. So it's really easily read. Um, I, I just feel like we need something new and something a little bit more daring in order to, to kind of take that extra mile. Sorry. Who was the European coach that you said would be interesting? Am I getting this one wrong as well? No, no. Sorry. Which, which European coach did you say? I I said Yamoto cannon. Okay. Thank you. I just want to double check. Um, uh, Yeah, it's Yamato, I think, is the way it's generally pronounced. Uh, all right. Thank you, Travis. No, no, no it's good. I'm just, I, I am loving uh, Twitch chat's reaction to this. Um, so, somebody said, if he says Yamato, and then right at that moment, you said Yamato, and uh, just everyone lost their mind. <laughs> y- Yamato, Yamato, tomato, yeah. potato, fucking yeah. whatever. It's, it's all the same, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I I hear you, though. I see what you're saying. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I think it is. It comes down to a pretty simple question, which is like, do you think any? It, do you think any of the NA coaches are good enough? Uh, the native NA coaches. What about what if Clutch could pick up Prawley? Would that be interesting to you? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has uh, experience on other stages, and I think that's something that that uh, can't be looked over. So yeah, yeah, I'd say that that would be an interesting pick. Yeah. Uh, very good. I, I don't know, uh, Mark. Do you have any other thoughts on this? No, I mean, the, the crux of the argument is NA coaches aren't good enough, so even though Zix might be attractive, don't go for him. And, like, uh, I'm not sure I agree with that, but, like, it's mm-hmm. not one of those things where I can offer something up to be, like, you're wrong or you're right, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of an opinion. Very good. Gotcha. Well, thank you so much, Lenovo Prospect, for your call-in, and thank you for all the support you've given. No problem, guys. Take care. Yeah. Peace. Man, I've said peace like six times. Got to get some new. Uh, I mean, it's, it's nice of you to, to. Peace is a great thing to wish to people. Death. Living Target resub for three months. Uh, oh, we said that. Um, Kermit Sudoku resub for three months. Thank you for the content, my guy. No problem. Salam. Peace loves Lomo. Booper. Just Jayo. Uh, Ruby C resubbed. Uh, call me Proto reset for five months. Hi, Travis and Mark. Great stream. Glad to be a sub. FYI, I was in the waiting room before my internet dropped me for a second. Love the show. Did you catch that, Mark? Calling Sorry, me? I just got back. 
Callie Me Proto was in the waiting room and then their internet dropped. I don't know if you want to bring them back, but. Did you? I don't remember. Well, that I mean, they said that in the. Did you, you, I didn't pull them. You don't think they you might pulled be them? lying? We'll see. Okay. We'll see if I remember his topic when I. Okay. I'll put him in there for now. He's uh, on Mike, my suspect list. Mike Spam is on the show. Mike Spam, I feel like you always have controversial takes. Yes, I do. Okay. Just because if I thought they were uninteresting, I wouldn't be bringing them. All right. Well, fair, fair enough. What do you got for us tonight? Where, well, remind me where you're from. Just outside of Seattle, basically. Just outside of Seattle. Travis. What? Same place I've always been. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so there's been two NALCS fan controversies that have happened this week. One was with the people screaming during the matches. And the other was with Pope Elder's tweet about players getting their nipples twisted. Yeah. If you remember that one. Yeah, I wish yep. we could maybe uh, players being grabbed inappropriately. I, I don't know if we need to explicitly describe the action every time. But... Travis, if someone does not know what he's talking about, I think the clarity could be useful. All right. Well, <laughs> it's it's a hard topic. Actually, it's like super <laughs> shitty and weird that somebody would do that. But obviously, people are going to. It's such like a random thing to do. People yeah, I just think like that. if you say touch inappropriately, it's it's like more. It, it There's could... a connotation there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just I don't know. All right. It's a I would have said like... assaulted, but that seemed just as yeah, trivializing for. The Sorry. So we we interrupted you though. What what did well, you? Real quick before you go down whatever the topic actually is, like I just want to chime in on the assaulted thing. Like I saw some people tweeting like they got assaulted and this and that. And, like this is you know harassment or blah, and like. I get it, like, the, the desire to call it, but can we not turn everything up to 11? Like, it's a bunch of jackass kids who are dumb fucks who should get kicked out or something, or banned, I don't care. But, like, it's... Chill out on calling it assault. That's that's my only thing. My I think what, assault is over the top. What is your, your take? What I was going to say is, I think the reactions from both rioters and from the community or lack of for one and really intense focus on the other stems from the same root cause which is people really don't know what they want out of a live crowd in esports right now hmm that's an interesting thought uh can you elaborate yes so i believe it was the last time i was on i was talking about like venue size and crowd noise and how I didn't really understand people like really caring about crowd intensity for matches. And I think that ties into, which is that there's this idea people have of they want to watch esports and they want to feel like other people are watching it with them, right? But they don't want to have to deal with the consequences of being around other people. So you get these really weird results where people really care about hearing people like cheering during hype moments, but they don't want the crowd to be doing dumb crowd things. I, I mean, it's, it sounds like people, even. sorry, I was just going to say, it sounds like people do know what they want, right? Which is like cheer when appropriate don't scream whenever randomly whenever there's not a non-hype moment. Most people wouldn't say that a word, word kill is is, and don't grab onto the physical bodies of the people that are walking well, by you. I was going to get to that third thing, which is, but then you have fans who run up 
and part of the broadcast is seeing the players going and interacting with the fans, right? Yeah. That's like a key moment of the broadcast. And to me, everything is really like that's disjointed. And then you get rioters. Why is that disjointed? Sorry, I'm operating on low sleep, so there's a good chance I'm not making a very No, no, it's fine. I just don't understand why uh, players interacting with the fans feels disjointed. Just how it's featured on the broadcast. And, like, you give all this attention to the fan interaction, and you say, great, we want fans to be part of the experience because fans have done wacky things when they go to get handshakes before, and then... Fans do wacky things during the game, and that's suddenly different. And I don't think it's different. You get fans doing wacky things during fan meets, and people don't want to call that out. So, I don't think I agree completely with what you're saying, because like uh, in traditional sports, and I went to a lot of football and basketball games growing up, like Celtics and Patriots and stuff like that, Bruins, like, there's almost like a accepted level of rowdiness that people want. Like people like in hype moments, people should be like screaming their head off and stuff. But also you don't want, like, I think the way Riv put it really good is like, you're there to watch the show and support the show. You're not there to become the show. And like, that's true in traditional sports too. Like even when there's the wave going on, that's like being a part and like making, like being hype and shit. But like, you're not doing like, you're not rushing the field you're not like screaming over top of like other people sitting around you and being obnoxious and making their fan experience uncomfortable. Like that's stuff that also is looked down upon in traditional sports. Similarly, like when pro players leave the field after a game, they go through this entrance where a lot of times fans are like hovering and they can like high five them and stuff as they go into, into the uh, like locker room area. And like, Once again, there, for the most part, people are cool. But every once in a while, someone does some stupid shit, like throw shoes at him or like a player for them to sign. Or like when they get the high five, they actually like grab on their hand and make it awkward. Like to me, this is just kind of typical douchebag fan stuff uh, that happens in every sporting event. Yeah. uh, Azure, Azure, also known as Lauren in the chat says respect other fans respect the players respect the casters easy and for me that's what a lot of this comes down to it's like i my only expectation from the fans are that they're going to be respectful and by the way 99.9 percent of the time they are uh it's just sort of like you get these random people who don't really understand basic social dynamics and they do that i think uh there's another person zenzer sorry i don't know if i'm pronouncing your name right it says but what if the show is boring should I just sit back and be bored uh, or sit back in silence and wait for it to be good? Yeah. 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 Because you're not the whole, you're not there to like be the show. You're not like, well guys, I have judged this to be a boring game. And now I will change the dynamic for everyone by screaming. Whenever the ward gets killed, welcome to the new show. Everyone. It's me versus the wards. You know, it's just, I, yeah. yeah. Like, like baseball gets boring. Sometimes people don't suddenly be like, Oh, I better get up and, and get a bunch of attention going. Cause this, I got to save the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. It's, it's like, 
if you don't like it, you're free to leave. If you want to wait to see if it gets good, you're free to stick around. Like you can talk like even normal level in the LCS to your friends. You can pull your phone out. Like all this stuff is acceptable. It's not like a goddamn movie where like you're not allowed to do anything, but like just don't be obnoxious. And I think everyone who is ever obnoxious is usually aware when they're being obnoxious. They just for some reason think it's funnier than it is. Like that's most of what it comes down to is like the people who are cheering for the wards think they're being funny. And it's just not. Do you remember the controversy over the 2016 Worlds was NA, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. I think it was during the quarter stage, like, there was a USA chant happening, and people were extremely livid about that. I think that's part of the same conversation where I don't see a big difference between ward cheers and stuff like that. I think that's part of the same fan experience. And I think... People only want crowd noise for hype moments, which for me is sort of like ignoring the actual human aspect of the crowd, if that makes sense. Like I said, I don't agree because this stuff works 95% of the time, 99% of the time. And it's only like when someone makes an active decision to make shit about themselves that it becomes a problem. Hey, uh, Mark. Uh, there's yeah. some good counterpoints in the Twitch chat right now. Ninja Brian says that's where you're kind of wrong. In baseball stadiums, it's not uncommon for all the people to do the wave. Or Jolly Bunny IDGAF says, but they have chance at base, uh, baseball games. And that's true. Like, I have seen that before where I've gone to a baseball game. And normally for me, though, it's something that the stadium starts. Like, not the wave necessarily, although I would argue that the wave is pretty of a passive thing. Defense! Yeah. Yeah, and that, but that's something the, that like I see pop up on the jumbotron a lot of the time. Yeah. It's like they will, they will try to get that going or whatever. So it's something like if Riot or the like if the casters are saying, "Let's get this going," or what I don't know. I think there's it's just I think a group of people trying to do like a chant maybe a little different than people just screeching annoyingly whenever a ward kills. And by the way, the best way to tell if it's one or the other is based on how the reactions are, right? Like. People, I think, don't like it when people cheer for wards. It was funny for five seconds and then it's moved on. And uh, now, you know, like, but I think people do like it whenever you yell, like, let's go see nine. It's it's just a different thing. It's It shouldn't be that hard, in my opinion, to tell the difference on this stuff. So here's a question. What do you think the reaction would be if, like, right at, like, TSM loses a game? If there was a TSM sucks chant, what do you think the community reaction would be? I think be, they'd be mad. I think it'd be pretty negative, too, yeah. Uh, I would say also one of the reasons that that would be considered negative is because you're not at a home or an away stadium. There's no such thing. Like people are often more fans of the league and the scene than a specific team. Whereas like if you come into a, a rival team stadium, like, yeah, you can expect to people suck chant. Like this actually happened when there were Korean or Chinese teams getting introed at the NA quarterfinals or something. And I think, people booed some of them or something. I don't exactly remember the specifics, but I know that has happened before. Um, and I think that it makes sense because there is no such thing as home and away. And so you, sh you don't really have a crowd favorite or non-crowd favorite. And it's, it's a, just a different environment. And that's where I think you can start decoupling traditional sports from uh, LCS. I, I want to thank you so much, Mike Stan, for coming on. If yeah, you, if I'll you have a, a second thought, show. What's sorry? What's that? Good episode. 
Oh, I said you had too many good episodes, so I had to come ruin another one. No, no, no. It was good. It was good having you come on. I There's a funny thing that happens. Like, I people seem to say, like, I'll see people. Your, your call, you know, I hope you don't take offense to this, but somebody in Twitch chat said, like, we need more, like, a producer or something to screen the calls. Because I don't, I think that it's okay to have a, somebody come in. It's really boring if everybody calls in and just says, like, well, I think TSM's been struggling this season, and I hope they make a change, you know? Like, I think it is good whenever people call in with a uh, controversial opinion. It forces discussion around something that we wouldn't normally discuss. So I think it's good. Thanks, Travis. Yeah, no I worries. You too. Um, thank you so much. Let me move you back to your channel. Sorry, I'm, like, also producing or talking to one of my mods about something right now. But, uh, Mark, you want to grab the next person, or do you have any other, other thoughts? Nope. I think uh, wrapped up pretty well. Very good. Uh, let's see. Got a couple more people uh, to shout out. Moonizzle, who was on the show earlier, uh, subbed. Fenron Jenkins, my boy. I love Fenron Jenkins. He's an amazing Total War streamer. Go check him out. Uh, he's been subbed for seven months. He says, OMG, Travis is my favorite source of information for all of you Legends nerds. Love the content. Thank you. Killing You Guy, resubbed for two months. Thank you, Killing You Guy. Corrupt Flame, subbed. Kazer99 subbed, Sultan of Swag subbed, One Brew 34. And now we've got Mario on the show. Mario, where are you calling from? I'm calling from San Francisco. San oh, wait, Francisco. shit, I grabbed the wrong guy. Goodbye, Mario. Sorry, Mario. It was good seeing you. I'm a troll, dude, my bad. <laughs> we've got I'm Sandwich on the show right now. I'm Sandwich, where are you calling from? <laughs> I'm, I'm Sandwich, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. All right, very good. And what uh, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I wanted to talk about a little bit kind of my take on uh, on what might be going on with all the coaches being fired and, and stuff. I feel like uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit older probably than your average uh, league fan. And uh, and I, I follow a lot of... Uh, professional sports, football, hockey, and all that, and I feel like this is a part of this is a part of a, a shift as these teams kind of discover exactly what kind of role coaches should have as they uh, as they kind of get a more structured system in place to give them a, a better template for success. Gotcha. I, if that makes sense. Yeah, really quickly, I'm curious. You said you're older than. Would you, could you give me like an age range? Like you're in your 30s, you're in your 40s. I'm I'm 27, so I'm not. What? I'm you're, not oh, like, what? what? How old do you think? It's not. This is not like a show I'm of 17 year old. Yeah, like. No, no. Well, the average age, right? Isn't it like 16 to? 22? No, not of this show. Like the average. I, I, I know. I'm like we're 18 all, to we're much more mature on this show. 18 yeah. to 31 or something. It's, it's, I would say. League esports is probably a little like it's not quite CS:GO age, but I think it's a little older. Because a lot of us kind of came up in the scene, Jesus. In like our college people what? calling into my shows saying that they're older and they're two years younger than uh, me. Now everybody's listing their ages. Sandwich, please just bring bring <laughs> back done? bring back Mario. I liked Mario; he was good. Um, I didn't say anything. Okay, so sandwich, you said your take is. NALCS teams are actually trying to finally figure out what they want for a coach and that we are seeing changes uh, because of that. Is that correct? Yes. 
Essentially, what yeah. is just out of curiosity? What is your evidence, or what makes you think that that is why this is happening? I think in many professional sports, a coach kind of defines the the way the team is supposed to operate, and I I feel like we only see that in maybe two or three teams. I feel like we see that with say Prawley teams he goes to. I think that's a big reason why Ryu went with them because Prawley defines the way they play. Uh, and then I am a CLG fan, and I really felt like that's what Zix brought to the table. Gotcha. I think that's a, a pretty interesting take that I pretty kind of agree with. I think it more so, definitely more so in traditional sports, coaches have systems and stuff that like, and play styles that they kind of enforce on the team, um, mm-hmm. which I think isn't probably the case too much with coaches in the league scene part of it i think is like a respect problem like i think a lot of the coaches who are newer into the scene couldn't command a group of guys especially veterans to like play their way quite like you know song arguably did with imt or something um and maybe failed to do with tsm who knows but i agree like i think tsm and probably do have that kind of respect and track or excuse me zix and probably have that track record um Whereas, like, you know, in, in basketball, you have, like, Mike D'Antoni, who's going to make you play fast-paced basketball or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't think a lot of coaches have an identity of, like, I'm this guy. He's that guy. And even more to that point, because people don't have that, like, identity, when you get a coach for your team, I don't, you know, it's, it's like, well, what are, you, what are you getting him for? Other than, like, hoping he is, like, mature, has leadership qualities and understands the game well enough to actually hold a conversation with the pros and like help teach them some things. You know, I think there is arguably a lack of identity for a lot of coaches. Sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Do you need to replace the batteries in your fire alarm or is that Mark? <laughs> oh man. Uh, yes. Yes, I do. You should do that. I'm man. very poor right now. <laughs> Where did you say you're living? Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Okay. We're not in fire danger here. Yeah. Right now. Well, sorry to do that. Sorry to hear about your your cost situation. I think batteries are not that expensive, though, so hopefully you can swing it soon. You're not wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I do. I find it fascinating that right now we're seeing so much coach upheaval. It's hard to know if that's like for a specific reason or if it's just sort of like, hey, teams are just getting more used to swapping out coaches or something. I don't know. Um, you know, like is it is it just a fact that like we do usually see coaches change out? Maybe, maybe quite frankly, it's happening with teams that people pay more attention to. I mean, I think coaches probably did swap uh, somewhat frequently on some of the other co- teams, but this year we, we care about all the teams. So it's just interesting. I don't know, Mark, do you have any other thoughts? No, I think it's, it was an interesting take. And I think hopefully as coaches get more developed, they have more of a personality, uh, in ter- or not necessarily personality, but like a more defined thing. So like if – if you're TSM and that's like a team that seems to be like full of reactive players, you find a coach who also knows how to work with that or something. Yeah. Thank you yeah, so much. And I think that would definitely lead to teams having a better idea of how, how to turn around a franchise. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for your call. I'm sandwich. Thanks for having me on guys. Mark, do you want to go pull our coach friend who is uh, briefly available? Sure. Okay. Oh, you just pulled him straight into the call. Well, yeah, I figured. You said pull him. I did that. All right. Well, hopefully his audio is working. Hello, Anero. 
What's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How You're really you? quiet. Can you get a little closer to the mic? Is this close enough? Yeah, that's good. All right. So did you, we, you said you were available for a short time. We wanted you originally on this episode, but you were unable to yeah. make it. Yeah, I was working. Um, what were you working on? I was just scrims. I'm just watching scrims and helping people with stuff. Okay. I'm scrimming like, or like watching scrims 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. right now. Yeah. So that's real fun. 11 a.m. to uh, 2 a.m. Humble brag. Let's get on to what you want to talk. Well, does, do you have something to talk what? about or should we be talking to you? You fucking brought me in here. I never put a topic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Wait, Travis told me to grab you. I yeah, I did tell him because 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 he sent me a message as the show started saying, "Hey, I've got a window available after nine thirty, yeah, so I can come on and hang out." Guest. And I, but I think it's good to have him on because like there's uh you know some changes. So what is your role? What you said you're a consultant for yeah. two teams right now. Yep. So what does that mean? Are you like a coach? Are you a consultant because you can't become a coach? What like what does this mean? Uh, I'm just helping people kind of establish like practice structure that they kind of need or felt like they haven't had, and just helping them work out how they want to actually improve as a team. So I guess in some capacity it is coaching, but it's mainly coaching the like staff on how to set up that stuff and build it for their team, so that way they can have that like for the long term rather yeah. than just. Hey, I'm here to coach, and while I'm here, we'll do this. And then if I'm gone, well, so is this. See so ya. you're coaching the coaches. Uh, I guess in a way, yeah. Is there is there a world where you just don't take another job, and then you just become a consultant, and you go from team to team, fixing their problems? Um, maybe I could see that being a thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't want the structure stuff that we like talked about last week to continue being shit. Yeah. Um. What you're working with Golden Guardians, who you're working also with an Oceanic team? Yeah, Order in the OPL. Okay. You say you're fixing structure, but then you're watching scrims for a long period of time. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where like the direct structure for the players is, and that's where a lot of teams feel like they're lacking, right? Yeah. So they kind of need help in that because you know, if your practice isn't good, that's like problem number one, right? You're not gonna have a successful team if the practice isn't good. Yeah. So have to work on that, and then the actual like system between that is also super important. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting you talk about like coaching coaches kind of thing because I I did a little bit of that like when we had Peter, um, and just like because I had Peter the coach, coach not double it. Yeah, Peter Peter Zhang, not Peter Pang. Uh, yeah. He 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 uh like at the time I don't know I mean you've you've worked with him more recently than I have so I don't want to say he's still this way or not, but he had good thoughts on the game a lot of the time, but like could be a little scatterbrained. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so a lot of what I did was like helping him learn systems to make sure that like his feedback was good and things like that, like setting it up. So like when we did post game breakdown of a scrim, like we would instantly just hit the three biggest things that stood out about yeah. why we won or lost and what we wanted to learn from those specific things before moving into finer detail things and allowing people who might not be relevant to those topics, like split up. And like, I did a lot of that kind of stuff with him versus like as much working with the players as I did in the past. Right. You were like setting him up for, for like future. Like yeah. Future, he yeah. Needs he, even just with, within our own team, like, all yeah. right, he's, he's the guy who has an idea of how he wants the game and is like doing the pick ban. I might not agree all the time, but like at the end of the day, it's his, 
road show. So at the very least, like I'm, I'm always going to be there to support him. And if I think he can get feedback better or whatever it is, like that's, that's a lot of what I did. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's essentially something pretty similar with all of this. Um, I'll obviously help like directly with some practice. If I feel like it's necessary, but right. mainly, mainly prefer to just be like a hands-on teaching the staff itself and helping the staff itself. Uh, Ta- Tavuku, Tavuku in chat says, what kind of things is Enero doing to improve the quality of the scrims? Well, one, just looking at the actual structure that's there itself, like how they even go into Vaudreview, how they set up like the pre-planning for it and talking about what's beneficial from that and what's not and reasons why. And then talking with players and like kind of what they feel their needs are and then how staff can accommodate that. And making sure that everyone feels like they're getting the most from it. Because the main thing that matters is that the players themselves are feeling like it's a productive environment for them learning. And even if staff might have the right, like their own specific idea for something that might work, if it doesn't fit the players, it doesn't really matter, right? And kind of helping people realize that and the importance of adapting your your structure to the teams that you build. Gotcha. Because obviously, like perfect system, you build a team around the structure that you have but for a lot of esports stuff it's very different from that um it's more of you build a team with the parts you can get and then try to hope that your staff can fit that instead which is very like backwards to how sports traditionally works mark any other conversations to have with Anero? actually Anero, what do you think about six leaving clg well, did he leave or was it kick? Like, what? I don't even know. I mean, what he's not there anymore. So, one way or the other, he left. That's the only thing I'm going to say. Um, I mean, I don't really know the specifics on it, but if their team hasn't been performing too well for a long time and they feel like their team should be doing better, then I guess it's just the move they need to make. Whether he's like the right fit for that team or not, I guess they feel like he's not. That's like the fucking coldest take you could take here. Yeah, that but, is pretty. I mean,. It's hard to say, dude. Like, it could be the same situation where what the team needs is just not aligning with him. So they need someone different, and they've maybe just not realized that, and they're just trying to get something different, like anything different to see if it's the coach that's the problem or the players that's the problem or whoever built the do team you think, that's the problem. Do you think that's a good strategy in these situations as a coach? Uh, What, to, uh, like... Yeah, like I mean, everything away in like two weeks. Yeah, exactly, and like in such a short time frame, and also, you know, like if something's not working, is canning the coach like the best option, or is it like set setting the site? Like with Golden Guardian, seemingly they made the decision, and I, I know awkwardly you're working for them right now, but uh, yeah. they made the situation or decision to have Tyler step down temporarily from the team, or at least seemingly temporary. Uh, you know, like CLG could have done that. Um, there's like a lot of different. It's, I just, you mentioned like, okay, the team isn't working out. Maybe this is the change that they need. I'm just curious if you think that that's like usually the good thing to do whenever a team isn't working out is just to swap out the coach. Uh, it depends on like the situation really. Like if, if the organization is really behind management's decision to build a team a certain way and then their coach was meant to fit this identity and then it's not working, then it makes sense to get rid of the coach because his job is to realistically like, fulfill that identity that the management built with this team when they put him into that yeah um, but sometimes it could just be hey management built a really just like not 
well-meshed team and then the coach can't do too much with it. So maybe it's the management that needs to be looked at, but then that's where the upper people or whoever makes those decisions, like it, it's multiple different people that can be targeted and it's very specific to the problem itself. Gotcha. It's just important that teams do a lot of introspection on why their problems exist and whether it was the recruitment process, the hiring process for coaches, anything like that. Mark, are you here? Yeah. Well, what happened? You turned it's a your black box on. now on your what stream. What the fuck? We'll run out for Mark. Wait, you, can you hear me? Yeah, I can yeah, hear, I can you. hear you. We just can't see your webcam. Like, oh, you you now it's a different webcam. Which yeah. I I really like this. No. I think it's a pretty good look. <laughs> are you able? Are you are you going to switch webcams or? I'm trying. All right. Okay, I'm going to send you back to the black box. Um, no, it's a good take, uh, an arrow. I really appreciate it. We do have a couple more callers, so I do want to. I want. I want to thank you for coming on. I'm glad we were able to swing you for a little bit. Um, yeah, sure. Or do you? When when do you have to leave? Um, I'm chilling till 1030. Okay. So why don't we just pull another caller uh, and you can hang sure. out and keep giving your opinion. All right. Sounds, sounds super cool to me. Okay. That sounds like the coolest thing ever. You suddenly got quiet. Oh, he's moving to a different channel. Um, all right. Hey, oh, Travis. Guy, Mario. Oh, Mario. Yeah. Hey, dude. Wait, really quickly, Mario. Sorry. We're going to put you on pause. Uh, Anero, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to ask when you're going to take me off of the Mark Z role I don't on know. your Discord. I kind of, I, it's nice having a backup. Like okay. if anything ever happens to Mark, then I'll just start I've got dragging to, people. Yeah, I don't you want you to drag power people. So but Travis takes it away faster. Yeah, Mario is okay. here. Mario, first off, I want to apologize to you because what happened to you earlier was very unprofessional. Uh, Mark incorrectly pulled you. Are you? Have you recovered? Surely I'm recovering. I love how as soon as you pull him again, like we actually pull him, you're like, hold on. Mario. Yeah, yeah. I have a stupid question. Mario, I mean, he's proven that he has the patience. So <laughs> Mario, where are you calling from? I'm calling from San Francisco. San Francisco. I'm glad. I mean, I didn't know if you'd moved in the past 10 minutes, if you were in a it's different possible. city. I don't, I don't blame you. Yeah. It's uh, how is San Francisco? It's chilly as always. Very good. Well, uh, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> What do you want to talk about on the show today? I'm here to talk about how Cloud9 is going to make it to World Semis this year and with a decent chance of making it to the finals. Okay. It's lit. Did Hot you... Taste. I I want to... Before we dive into this, was this... Did you just... You've wanted to be on the show for a really long time. You knew Mark wouldn't be able to resist the bait. You throw this opinion out there. Or do you... Is this like... what? How have you... Why? Are you saying I've this? Think, I've been thinking about this for a while, and I okay. think that the current roster right now, the current iteration is doing really well and improving really quickly, along with Licorice pulling out like an MVP-worthy performance right now, being like a top two top laner in the league at least, if not better, possibly better than Sunday in some ways. Yeah. I think right now is Fats have him as the best laner in the league, and along with Blabber and the team's really synergy and confidence in each other, they they have it's like it reminds me of the, the arrow when they had high on the team before yeah so why semis and finals because like, like you've just described okay like a lot of people would look at that and say all right you know like bold take here i think uh cloud nine is going to make worlds or i think cloud nine is going to win summer uh but you're saying semifinals and finals at worlds 
Yeah. Not, not for sure finals, but I'd say they have a chance. Okay. I think that the org itself has had a pretty good track record of making it to quarters at the very least. Mm. I think they're three out of five now, making it to quarters at Worlds every year. Ooh, uh, one of those included a first round buy, so I don't think I'd count that one. So I'd say two. Sure. Right? Okay. Two out of four. 50, 50, 50. 15 and uh, 18. Or 17, excuse me. Well, even then, with this roster, pulling uh, with a lot of rookie talent showing up, a lot of rookie NA talent, and pretty good coaching staff behind them with Reaper, and this huge turnaround, the rate they're improving at, just in the league right now, shows a lot of potential, a lot of room for growth. That And they have still have a lot of time to make it to Worlds. And Is it still really? continue. Is it really like the rate they're improving at? They look pretty similar to me. They just started adopting the old approach C9 has kind of always done in the past that wins in A, which is pick some shit that's going to win later on in the game because everyone's just not good enough to actually punish it. And then they win the game, even though they fall behind on gold. I feel like they just actually went back to doing that same thing because it works in NA. Because they put their veterans back in. And that's just like easy mode to win. Well, it's really only two veterans on the team now. And I think that the yeah. comps they pulled out recently were more early game focused than anything with uh, relying heavily on like, Is it? Uh, I believe so. Do you think Zillion's like early game focus? I think he's like hella late game. I would say Zillion's more of a mid to late game pick. I wouldn't say he's heavy late game. But I, I would mean, say like the Kindred, the Kindred pick also required a lot of them. Um, how Blabber played the Kindred pick was very aggressive. So that leads more into early game, early mid game focus. I mean, their their last team comp was Doctor Mundo, Kaisa, or yeah, Doctor Mundo, Kindred, Zillion, Kaisa. That is hardcore searching for that late game fantasy. Um, yeah, that one's true. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the one you're like referencing. I I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's kind of a bait. Like they're not, they're obviously like good team because they're core. Their core of having Sneaky Jensen can play the game to a certain extent. And sure, they're going to be able to win games off of that in later game because people don't really know what to do. And they're definitely able to play around having new guys on their team because they're just still leading it. But I don't think they're any different. I feel like it's it's just kind of same same C9 as before. They're going to pick up their wins just like they did last split. You know, where they started off super far ahead, same time as Echo Fox was, because you could get, like, really easy wins doing stuff that's not going to win for summer. And I don't know. I, I think they're just kind of the same. I think they'll do better this split in playoffs, though, for sure. But I think they're a team that if they can somehow make it to Worlds, yeah, they'll probably get out of groups because they always do, for some reason, insanely better at Worlds, and they look way better at Worlds than they do in NA. Maybe they're just trying their ass off when they get there, and they're not. The opposite really. of TSM. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Well, I just don't buy into it personally. And there was a hater. I'm not as much of a hater. So you think they're going to World Finals? Or Is that what, what not they... being a hater means? Well, yeah, that was the, that was the hot take here, was that yeah, no, that's they're like crazy. improving so well, and they're gonna do this well at Worlds. Like, no, nah, no, nah. I think uh, they can maybe go well in playoffs because it's just old C9 again playing the same way old C9 did. But we definitely ain't winning Worlds. C9's made it, making it yeah. great again. Because like, here's the thing: like C9, this C9, if, if they make Worlds, like if they make Worlds, I won't be stunned. Uh, they look pretty good right now in uh, relative to NA, as much as Nick hates them, but. 
There's Whoa. no way that they're like the best team we've ever sent to Worlds because we've never made it out of quarters. So like you're there's no way that this C9 is the best. And they're going to outperform everyone. I'm saying they're going to make it to semis and that they have a chance at finals. I didn't I didn't say for sure finals. No, I'm saying we haven't even got out of quarters, bro. Like this would have to be by far the best team of all time for NA to get out of quarters. I think it would be a combination of um, the groups and like the how the bracket shapes out to see where they that they'd make it to semis. And I think with the how the how world how world is shaping up to be and what teams are looking to go, there'd be a pretty good chance that they'd end up with a good side of the bracket that they'd be able to make their run. I mean, H2K proved that anyone can luck into court, uh, semis. So, you know, if that happens, then like tip of the cap, you're a profit. But I don't think that was because they were a great team. Just like, what do they look better on, really? That's the main thing for me. Because like we say, they, get, they got better. But like what? Because they looked pretty good running Golden Glue and Keith. They just sucked at the whole part of actually closing out a game, which is obviously just inexperience. Well, maybe that's what they got they, better at. And then they brought in the old crew, and I, I mean, I don't know the fucking stats right offhand, but for the most part, games I've seen, it's been more of a, now they start to lose games a bit more, and then they just win because their players know what to do. So it kind of just seems like they swapped strengths instead, and they just went back to old C9. So I don't know. It just feels like the same shit, man. I don't know if they're like crazy different. It'd be cool if they were. I'd fucking love C9 to win. I mean, I'm, I was a fucking C9 fan before I joined Echo Fox, by the way. Really? So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been going to C9 guest list this week. That's the only reason I can fucking get into LCS. So oh, really? I thought you have been going with e- as Echo Fox. No, no. No, not at all. I just hang out with them because they're my friends. Oh, okay. Those are my boys. Gotcha. Well, but, uh, any other thoughts, Mario? I'd say the biggest thing I've seen improve is their decisiveness, especially with Blake Blabber coming in, how much they trust each other and how much trust they put into Blabber to perform on stage. I just don't know if the decisiveness increase is going to get them to semis or finals. That's the thing. Hey, thank you so much, Mario, for calling in. I actually no, I really like this topic. I think it's good. And uh, and yeah, I think it'd be interesting you know c9 might be the sleeper pick you know it's they had such a rough start that like it'd be really interesting to see again i don't know if they're gonna make it to semis or finals of worlds but i i wonder what they're gonna look like in playoffs well it's great talk to you guys thanks for having me thanks Mario. Yeah, sorry can, about if, if you're um, right dude you, you gotta come back here uh, oh, around worlds i'm yeah. gonna brag so hard cool yeah just fucking tell me i'm an idiot <laughs> talk to you later Mario. Man. thanks all right, we gotta go fast. These next three. Yeah, you got somewhere to be? No, I just mean it's, it's almost ten. There's three people. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're not fast. I'm just teasing. teasing. I'm gonna see. kill you. Vent is official resub for six months. Snaz subbed. Burger Bros subbed. Uber Lawn Gnome resub for six months. I lost over three hundred pounds in two weeks thanks to my Home and by HP laptop. Thanks, Omen. That's a success story if I've ever heard one. The Pack sixty nine resub for two months and says finally caught Highline League. And Brandosaurus Rex resub for three months. Keep up the good work, Travis. I'd love to get your assistance right now, audience. If you can all just hover over the stream. If it says Twitch Prime, that pops up. Just click that button and send it here. Kazakort, who I believe... Did you sub earlier in the show, Kazakort? Yes, I did. Thanks. Well, thank you for being a Twitch Prime uh, sub or Twitch sub. Uh, what no do you want to... T- or where are you calling from? I'm calling from Troy, Illinois. 
I don't know where that is, but I'm glad to hear that you're there. What do you want to talk about on the show? I want to talk about my current outlook on the state of the game and its future, specifically how I think that season nine is either going to be the absolute worst season or the absolute best season that we've ever had. No in between. <laughs> okay. Lots of hot takes tonight. So you're saying in 2019, we will either have the best or the worst season we've ever had. And you're talking about like from a balancing game design perspective, right? Yeah. Like, especially after the dumpster fire that was like, that is currently season eight. Okay. Is season eight a dumpster fire, Mark, and an arrow? Uh, I don't think there's a consensus that it is. I know some people hate it and I think it's actually really good. Like I know Scara kind of hates it based off his tweets and videos, but people... But then, like, Boy Boy comes in and says he thinks it's in one of the best places it's ever been. It's Uh, so good. Yeah, Dom agrees. A lot of European pros sound like they agree. So I don't think there's a consensus that it's a dumpster fire, though I think it is more, like... It's definitely more controversial. Yeah. Yeah. Season 8's been so good. Like, having all these different new champions, it's fucking so good. I will say... It's nice to have something different, slightly different. It's just great. I I will... will, Sorry. No. I was gonna say the one thing I'll, I'll give it is that like the way that they rolled out the patches in the midseason and stuff like that was a train wreck. I will I will agree with you guys on an esports perspective, but as like an average player and from an average player's perspective, especially talking to other people that I play with that play the game, none of us are really enjoying it. Especially the fact that we don't have time to just like like catch up with all these insane changes that have been going on, like. I like wasn't paying attention for two and a half weeks, and all of a sudden, the eighty carries don't exist anymore. Yeah, like it was just a bit sudden I mean, on that's that. Just, that's like timing too, right? You could just miss like two and a half weeks in October, November, whenever they do the big patch, and then it's like, oh, what the fuck? There's different camps in the jungle now. What's happened to my game? I hate this. Like, okay, well, that's just kind of unlike time. Setting aside how we feel about the current season. Why is season nine or season going to be the best or the worst? Okay, so season nine, they um, right recently today actually posted something on the forums about their like um, pending gameplay changes, uh, what they're trying to do with season nine, and I think that a lot of the stuff that they said in those gameplay changes are like very good and will improve the entire state of the game a ton. Stuff like reducing the overall damage and burst of the game. Uh, like the damage that people have and then also making like just like games that are like unwinnable resolve like a lot faster like that was one of their main points that they had in that post which i feel that that's one of the main things that i'm currently not enjoying about the game is the fact that i just feel like i get stuck like sitting there for 15 minutes in an unwinnable game that there's nothing i can do they they made like contradictory points in that thing though like yeah they wanted it to be yeah early game and then you can actually close with the leads but then they were like we also want the teams that are behind to have a way to actually get back in the game so i'm pretty sure it's just going to end up being exactly the same yeah those those things can't really exist at the same time very well Mm -hmm. uh that's what i'm saying like that's what i'm saying like it's either gonna be like really good or really bad because if they implement if they somehow manage to implement those things in tandem correctly I feel like it's going to be really good. You're going to have the fun comeback games, but also you're going to be able to get out of games that are just completely unwinnable. What if they just move the FF time into 10 minutes and that's their actual like big plan? Honestly, I, I wouldn't that. I wouldn't doubt it. I could see that being the like salvage play they go for and they're like, oh shit, this isn't working. And it's like, all right, 10 minute FF sounds really good. The community will love that. 
Yeah, I don't know, because to Nick's point, like, I think it just ends up being really chaotic and swingy. If it's like, yeah, there's so many good catch-up mechanics, so that way people can get back into the game. But if you fail to do any of those catch-up mechanics, the other team just fucking crushes you. Like, that doesn't sound more fun to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if people's main concern is that they're in, like, what Riot calls trapped games, then, like, yeah, maybe that is better. I don't know. People are going to really hate it, though, if games get to the point... Like, at least for average, like, solo queue players and stuff, if people are able to just end the game, like, super hard early, you're really not going to, like, solo queue when your teammate, like, loses lane by accident. Mm-hmm. Now nah, that guy's probably going to 1v9. And then it's just going to bring back the, like, 1v9 metas where one person can solo carry. And Riot's, like, kind of moved everything away from that. And yeah. I don't see it ever going back to that. But I still think Season nine's going to be not bad. Like, surely should be good. I also, like, I don't know, I don't think this is a very popular opinion, but I like longer games. I feel I feel like I, I had most fun playing, like, I don't know if I remember correctly, back in, like, season five, six-ish, the games went on for, like, 45, 50 minutes. I don't know, that always gave, that always felt more fun to me than these games that are averaging, like, 20, 25 minutes, because it felt like there was actually an investment in, like, the game, and it felt more exciting at the, just at the end whenever like you would have like hype late game team fights and stuff two points on that one that's probably not the average gamer's opinion like i think uh with what we've seen with the success of battle royales and things like that and, and faster paced games i think for the most part people actually want a lower average game time and i think riot has said that they're trying to get it around 30 or something yeah i, I mean they're it. literally releasing a game mode that's supposed to be faster in part because of that so right well, right right so I, I think, i'm just saying the average gamer is is not in agreement with you uh, well i think sorry i think that has to deal with the thing with being in trapped games though because as no, long no, as no, no, no. Ha- i'm like, telling you market data wise mm-hmm. market data wise the average gamer does not want to have to play a game that's 40 minutes when they're trying to get games in no, uh, i'm not saying what? the average league player and i'm just saying like the average gamer yeah. Here, so let's do a straw poll on it right now. I know that this my chat is not the average uh, play, but I'm yeah, very curious. Hardcore esports. So, would you rather have what is it? Would you rather have like a 23 minute game or no? A 40 would you minute? rather have a 30 minute game or a 45 minute average game time? Okay. I want to lose or win as fast as possible, pretty much in all my games. If I'm playing like casually, yeah, if I'm losing. Uh, and, I want out fast. Yeah, and, and to the point that Kazakura was making, like. Those can sometimes feel at odds if you want a long game, but you're like it feels like a trap game because if there's not great, so like what you would do is take away some of the easy win conditions like Rift Herald and slow Baron down so it's not this game ender, and then the team that gets ahead can't smash the game super quickly. And then you might feel like you're in a trapped game where one team gets 10 kills in the first 15 minutes of the game, but the objectives up aren't powerful enough to snowball to a 25 minute victory and it goes 40 minutes even though this team has basically been winning since minute 15 like mm-hmm. that's exactly what you're saying you don't want to feel which is what you potentially have when you increase the average game time to to longer games yeah hopefully they find that good balance they were talking about on it's that tough. post but it's just it seemed really weird the post that they made is just like yeah this doesn't this isn't really possible to even make exist. You just kind of said you want both things and then left it at that. Okay, so right now our star poll is coming in about 70-30. 70-30 or 71 a 30 minute average game length and 31 to 45. 
and we've got 189 votes so far. And I feel like this audience is probably more likely to skew for longer game times because they're more hardcore. Yeah, they get used to waiting like 30 to 40 minutes for the show to actually start. When you say it'll start at 8, it starts like 8.30. So definitely patient. I know that feel. No flame, Travis. <laughs> Plenty of flame. I also sort of wonder how like the new rank changes are going to play into all of this. Like how they're just... I wonder if it's going to be another dynamic queue situation with the... What I still don't fully understand what their new rank changes are actually full of. Like... The whole different oh, yeah. like ranks for every position and whatnot. What even are the changes for that? Is that oh, it's just like ranked on positions. Yeah, sort of, but like losing games on one rank like loses LP on other ranks somehow or something. Oh, okay, so it's basically just the same. But it's yeah, but you have separate ranks <laughs> for every role. I don't know. I don't know. That sounds like it'll probably just be the same. Like it's just gonna be people are gonna queue up for one role and not care about playing the others because. It's just going to affect all of them. Yeah. So it would probably be the same. Okay. It's weird. I don't know. Hopefully it's good. I always am very hopeful that what Riot does is good and I try to keep like an open mind for it. Like, um, usually um, people are hella negative and like, oh, they're fucking it up again. Here comes Riot. But I, I try to keep an open mind. I try to keep an open mind, but like I just set my expectations really low. So if they do every anything above just like complete garbage, I'm happy. Were you the guy who called in talking about Clash? Yes. <laughs> I remember that. Call. That was so funny. Right. I'm so pissed about Clash. I think everyone yeah. is. I think everyone is. It would have been really good. I I don't even know. Have they said? I know they said they're just going to try and make it work, but I wonder if they've given up. They've done some tests in other regions, like little mini betas and stuff that you they've been testing recently, out. Since it all failed. Yeah, they've been doing other things. I know they had one like last month or something in EU, EU Northeast. I'm pretty sure. That's good to hear, I guess. Anyways, I don't know if there's anything else, Travis. Kazakort, thank you so much for your call. Thank you. Okay. Moving on. We've got two more people, and then we're going to ramp it up. Hoping to bring it back in late 2018, but it's very iffy. Okay. Yeah, Ryan's having a tough year. I think that's what happens. Yeah. I just want Clash to come back. That was actually the most fun I've had playing League in a long time. It's yeah, actually- I, it would have been really fun. And it would have forced me... I have not wanted to play the game in like a competitive style. Like I mostly play normals and ARAMs. It, I think that could have reignited my love for like ranked and all that. Uh, Toastman. Tossman, is that your name? Uh, Toastman, whatever. Toast okay. is the important part. Because there's not an A in there. So what do you... Where are you calling from? So I'm calling from Ottawa, Canada. Ottawa, Canada. And what do you want to talk about, Mr. Canadian friend? So uh, I'm just going to read out what I posted. NALCS this year is the most competitive it has ever been. And the teams that look strong right now uh, will probably make a good showing, i.e. Echo Fox, TL, 100 Thieves, maybe C9. Um, And Rift Rivals is an awful format that really doesn't mean anything. So, you- so to kind of expand on that a little bit, um, obviously Rift Rivals is the only real international competition uh, with the teams in NA that we have right now so far to kind of compare about anything. Um, and we had Echo Fox, TL Hunter Thieves, obviously NA lost, uh, not 
great. <laughs> um, and there was some issues with or issues. There was some differences from how uh, teams are normally playing with like hundred thieves swapping their roster. Um, and obviously Echo Fox has different roster almost completely now. And um, yeah. uh, TL, I mean, TL just did TL things and they were <laughs> uh, did whatever they did. And um, did a pretty good showing overall and as far as the games were concerned uh, against the EU teams, G2, Splice, and um, Fnatic. Like, the games themselves weren't actually that bad. Even the ones NA really lost wasn't that awful. Um, and, like, comparing to previous years when the, different, the competition between NA and EU, like, the games have never really been one-sided stomps or they've never been anything like sure hugely egregious and so but you're continue that you really think na is gonna do it they're in a good place i don't know i don't know about going to get to semis like that guy was called that caller said earlier well we've gotten to quarters before and you're saying we're in a better place like one win away from getting the quarters this year or last year yeah or one win away um so it's obviously not like crazy fiction or anything um but yeah i think it's really not that i think there's um, a lot of people that will disagree with you on it i'm curious mark and arrow what's your take uh i'd like to comment on the rift rebels part sure because i think that that's a pretty obviously i was fucking na for this so my comment is automatically just thrown away um I think Rift Rebels was kind of a shit show. Um, in terms of like context for Echo Fox, I mean, we couldn't even use their like actual roster for our team. I'm not sure if people are aware, but rosters were locked for Rift Rivals based on like what you locked in on week one and stuff like that. So we had to use our week one roster that was used because of Visa problems. So we went to Rift Rivals with that same roster. <laughs> So we went in saying, all right, well, we're going to practice these roster iterations, give Adrian a chance to try out as well, since, you know, it's a good opportunity for him to get stage experience. So we did a lot of roster swaps there to experiment with. And that was, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was still pretty good. Obviously, that was our old, like, third place team, too, basically, from Spring Split. Um, but it wasn't the roster we wanted to go forward with. So that kind of made the whole competition between NA and EU a little skewed. Yeah, but I think the team, the difference between the regions isn't that insane. Um, just like when NA got a huge ego and they beat Europe, it wasn't like there was an insane advantage for NA at all. And then when EU beat NA, I don't think there's a, a huge advantage at all. Like, uh, I don't know. I think it's pretty close in that regard. But I don't think NA is suddenly more competitive at all than they were in past splits. I think NA teams still have similar problems. I think there's a lot of big issues with that that haven't changed i'm obviously biased on the echo fox end and there's definitely problems with the like echo fox team itself in terms of like doing really well internationally but it's probably the best chance you have at anything like that right being successful internationally i think just because of different type of play style yeah mark uh i think i a lot of times when a region is like better people assume that means like forever and ever and they just dominated shit on them 
that's not really how like it is like you can be slightly worse and lose uh and so like in that regard i, I kind of agree with finero that like when na1 i think we were playing better maybe we had a better read on the meta or how the game should be played whatever it was um but as you can tell they came back and they were just fine at worlds um and i think you know it's very possible if some thing could happen with na um and so I don't really read into Rift Rivals too much for why I think NA might be in trouble. Uh, I think, you know, that was that was just a tournament. Like you said, I, I don't think that format... I think that format's very fun. So I don't agree it's shit. I think it's there to have fun and have the best teams in Europe and NA fight each other because otherwise they wouldn't have a chance to unless they lucked out in Worlds or MSI uh, situations. So I, I'm glad it, it is there, but... Uh, I, I agree that I don't think one team winning one of those events is like the ultimate thing. But much Sorry, the same I, I want to clarify. I don't think Rift Rivals was shit. I, I just don't think it was very like competitive. Right. Yeah, you don't think it's yeah. good. It was, example, it was yeah. entertaining and it was game. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah, on, yeah, we're on the same page then. Like, right, yeah. sure. when we say shit, it's like shit isn't actually getting anything from it with how NA and EU really compare. Yeah, it was yeah. basically TL versus Europe. Yeah, <laughs> that was the only like. Real uh, stable team that was there. Hey, Tossman, I'm sorry to... I'd love to keep talking about this, but we're running a little bit over time, so thank you so much for your oh, call. I understand. Yeah. Thank you very much. Have me on. Have a good one. Yeah. yeah. The, the final thing I'll say on this, you, you can move them the way up, but like, I think NA doesn't need to be like complete dog shit to have a bad performance at Worlds. Like, you know, I think we can go there and be slightly worse than the rest of the regions and then go not make it out of groups which is a pretty bad look without being like oh my god we're hopeless and we're, we'll never ever get out of groups again kind of thing i yeah. think people just overreact but in arrow's point like people are definitely better or worse i don't i'm not super hopeful this world yeah yeah i think it'll be pretty similar to past worlds yeah thank you uh to mark guess, for going person. are you still good too. in arrow yeah, yeah i'm still good Call me Proto. Hello. How are you? How are you doing? What's up, dude? I'm good, man. How are uh, you guys? Pretty good. Thanks for being a Twitch Prime sub or, or Twitch sub. What? Uh, yeah, happy to support. Where Where are you calling from? Santa Clarita, California. Santa Clarita. Okay. Have we had you on before? Uh, I've been a watcher, but I've never been in the call. Okay. First time well, caller, long time listener. First time caller, long time listener. What do you want to talk about on the show today? Uh, so I wanted to talk about how TSM Zven is basically holding back all of TSM and they seem to be unable to win when the bot lane flags, which is very, very, very often. When the bot lane flags? Yeah, like they're, when the bot lane just does not do anything proactive without calling for help from other, the other lanes. Oh. And he's playing basically poke champions in like a close range meta when Kaiso was strong and Lucian was strong. He's playing Ezreal and Varus. He's not really doing anything. And Mithy is taking a lot of the blame, even though Mithy is literally sacrificing himself to save Zen's life. Yeah. An arrow? Eh, I don't know. I don't think that's really TSM's problem. I mean, to be honest, uh, Mithy and the lane, like, from talking with multiple teams and players, laning against him, they think that he's kind of not doing so hot and even when he was in europe it wasn't like he was this insane like laner that was great like he's always been kind of like, not amazing at lane european bot lanes aren't necessarily 
the greatest thing to come out of Europe, and they haven't been for a while. So a lot of European ballings aren't even like Lane Kingdom shit. Like the last thing that was there was like Forgiven. Right, so totally. I think like, bringing, I totally them in, agree with that. bringing them in and expecting them like on TSM to have this like Lane Kingdom, like, oh, they're going to be the best in the West. They're going to win everything was kind of uh, an unfortunate assumption when they got brought in. And I think their team just has a lot of role players and not actual like carry people that are willing to step up and say, this is how we're going to play the game and we're going to do this. Obviously, I don't know their internal comms, but I think that's the main problem is that they have all these guys that are great at playing their role and being stable, but no one to actually press go and tell their team to go. Right. So they just kind of sit around and say, fuck, we're losing. Are we going to do something instead of actually? We've, yeah, we've seen. Yeah. Right. But when you listen to like the like behind the scenes videos, uh, TSM Legends and stuff. Yeah. The thing that I've commonly seen in at least two episodes, it could be three or four now, is in the post game. They're all sitting in their little room and Zven is complaining about the draft. Like he's always placing the blame on the draft that like the team doesn't know how to play. And it's like, well, you've been playing, you've been practicing for a week straight doing, you know, several versions of your draft and you still don't understand how it's supposed to work. You're right. not really helping the conversation. He's not even posing like what the problem is. Exactly. He's just saying he's just putting it abstractedly on like the draft. And I don't yeah. think you can blame the draft every game when you're post champions. So I don't know what the problem is too. So, but he knows that the draft is an issue, and he doesn't know how to fix it. Yeah, I mean, even if so, like even if we suppose that's true, like he's he's whining about the draft, I still wouldn't really go around calling him shit. I think he's actually a very impressive player. I agree that yeah. he is like, he's not a lane kingdom player. He's not going to like jam his leads down your throat. Like some people do. Um, but he make he's really fucking good in mid to late game team fights. Like I think he has the highest DPM in the league, which is not obviously an end all be all stat. And I'm not saying like definitive. Yeah, proof. I'm just saying like the highest DPM, but he's also doing it from such a far range. Like he's barely un like untouched in most of these team fights at the end of the game. Yeah, but I think that's because he's good. Like, if, it's not just a number thing. Like, when I watch him play, like, he looks fucking good. And, like, he had one god-awful series versus Clutch. Like, that was some horse shit out of him. And I think he knows it. And, like, outside of, like, some instances where he completely poops the bed, which every player has, I think he is actually super, super good. Um, so, I, um, I, I, don't, I don't agree that he's... I think he could be a problem. And still not be shit. So like to that point, like maybe he does complain too much about the drafts. Maybe he's not proactive enough in this team and is contributing to the like the reactive nature that they have. All that can be true. I would still never call Sven shit. No, I'm not. I wouldn't say or, he's or even bad. Shit. Yeah, I would, well, say, I would he's say he's top not three in the league. Oh, also, I think he's bottom like, half. To like comment on him like pointing out their draft and that like being a thing that. Like, uh, we're saying that this is bad that he's pointing out that as their problem. Um, honestly, I've, I've heard other stuff with TSM where, like, talking... It's like an offhand comment. I don't know the specifics, but it was, like, they pick someone in the draft who's going to, like, take the bullet for the team and get a bad matchup and just, like, lose. And when I was drafting against them, it kind of felt like that, too, that they were willing to just sacrifice one person. And it mm -hmm. made drafting against them really feel easy. Because they felt like they had to sacrifice someone to get an advantage somewhere else, which is just not really the case. And it never felt like they tried to trap people in draft or force you into picks. And that's not to say their drafts were bad. It's just like they were really predictable 
and they had the same weakness every time that you could kind of exploit and expect. So him pointing that out as an issue is is pretty important, I think. But like the fact that he's you're saying like he's putting all the blame on something like that, like as a player, when you're losing a lot, he's probably just frustrated and sees this as a problem point and doesn't see it getting fixed because realistically that has existed for a while and wants it to get fixed and doesn't know what their like actual problems are as a team. And I don't know, man. I think overall it's just like it's not one player on that team that's the problem. I really think TSM is a team that's composed of really good players that have all proven they're really good players. It's just they're all players that are really good at playing a role and providing for their team so that someone else can carry and someone else can use the fact that they're able to be stable all the time to snowball a game and win. Sure. I think that's definitely true that they're all kind of waiting for one of the other lanes to step up and not really being proactive themselves. But I think part of why the draft, you know, does look bad from an outsider's point of view and spectator's point of view. And even when the team talks about it is I think Sven has just a limited champion pool. Like he's played two champions. He has nine games on those two champions and they're Ezreal and Varus. So, or sorry, seven games on those two champions, two games on Kaisa, which he won when he, they were doing well and Kaisa was broken. But he barely ventured out of the AD carry like meta to go into Heimerdinger or Swain or Vladimir. He didn't play Vladimir at all when Vladimir was strong. He won one game on Swain. And it's like, I think when you look at the drafts, they're really limited in what they can do because they have a player who's unaggressive and doesn't know how to play like close range champions that aren't insanely broken like Kaisa. I mean, was. looking looking at the champions he's played this split though like yeah he's played kaisa he's played varus ezreal like kaisa was meta at the time varus has been meta varus turned into actually be the ad carry that you could blind pick so that people could stop picking mages which is important to have and then ezreal is just like the pick that you can pick into other people picking these ad's like i think they messed up against like tl blinding ezreal and letting them take kaisa which is just not ideal at all but he's played swain he played a game of heimer which most teams don't feel comfortable pulling out on stage at all, but he still tried it. They won their game on Swain, actually. And he played Lucian in his last game versus Echo Fox, too. Like, he's played these different champions. It's just, yeah, he's played Varus and Ezreal more than most. And that's just because Varus is a meta pick. He's blinding a lot for his team so that other people can counter pick. And maybe that's just the role the team feels that they need to have for him. I don't think that's necessarily his fault. He's playing multiple champions. He's playing more than people like... Like, Doublelift plays Kaisa all the fucking time, but he's a strength for their team, too. It's not like he's a weakness, but he plays that. Yeah, and So he I don't played, think you call it Sven for it. Well, Doublelift played more of Kaisa, a close-range champion, and performed way better on it. Like... Right, but like... Seven times. 9.7 KDA. Right, but like... Yeah. It, it goes be like what a player picks goes beyond that individual player. And like, I think you can say potentially he has a bad champ or whatever, but like to a narrow's point, if they are like, we want counter pick for Bjerg and, and Hauntzer and shit, then like someone has to take their stuff early and spends like, I'll be that guy. And that's just sometimes how teams work as well as like where resources go. Like they can say like, you know, people like, Huni and Dardock obviously are going to get more resources than their bot lane, no matter who their bot lane is, seemingly. So, like, 
sometimes that's how teams work. And like everyone agrees that's how it's going to go. Uh, and yeah. when you're on a losing team and that's your strategy, of course, it's going to look bad. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily, I think that's more of a team problem, like we were saying, potentially. Yeah. Like, because yeah. on TL, man, like he's played Kaisa seven games this split. And Sven has played like the same on Varus Ezreal combined. I, I mean, it's just how the teams work. That's just how they're drafting. And it doesn't mean he's at fault for sure. So if anything, him calling out draft is like maybe a reason that he doesn't want to even be doing that. So yeah, just teams playing I to mean, the teams, like what they feel is their strength. Yeah. And to be fair, I'm not saying that Sven is the worst AD carry in the, in the league. I'm just saying if you have to pick five players on TSM and rate them from best to worst, I think he's falling very far, like in the bottom half, at least. Really? No way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I, I, I think you'll have a hard time one. finding people to, to go with you on that stuff. I, I'd go one or two. For sure. But, uh, call me Proto, I want to thank you so much for calling in because I think it was an interesting conversation and definitely yep. give Inero yeah, something to talk about. Uh, so, thank you so much for your call. Yeah, no problem. So. Have a good night, guys. See you, dude. All right. So, that is the show. Inero, you got any shout-outs, plugs, anything you want to throw out there? Uh, I mean, I guess... I can't shout out the Echo Fox Discord anymore. I, that was always my go-to. Um, I don't know. Thanks everyone who looks at my Twitter every now and then and gives me a favorite. I appreciate those. They're really nice. He's begging you guys to follow him. All 939. Yeah, Tell everyone, go, go follow. I need the Twitter clout real bad. Oh, that's it. Thanks for having me on, Travis. Yeah. Somebody says, I'm very upset with the stream experience for a couple of reasons, but the most of them is being blued for two hours. I don't know what that means. I think I have the most unique and interesting topic, and all I want, despite how upset I am, it would be wonderful if there was some feedback for Phillips. I have an idea, but notice me first. We just, there's a lot of people that want to come on the show. We can't get everybody. There's probably a lot of interesting topics. I'm sorry. Mark, you got any Uh, shout outs? what What was the topic you wanted to give? I have no idea. Um, Mark, you got any shout-outs, plugs? No, I kind of did most of them at the top of the show. Offline TV, new merch. Check it out. Buy it. It's shit. Uh, other than that, not really, man. Playmakers Episode 2 comes out tomorrow on the YouTube channel. Uh, keep an eye out for that. I think it's uh, really good. It's with Nathan Blau. I'm going to stick around on stream for a little bit afterwards. I might even preview it if you guys stick around. And maybe play more of it if we can hit the sub goal. Thank you to Nero. Thank you to Mark. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'll be at LCS this weekend. And yeah, Playmakers every Tuesday and Thursday throughout August. I think it's good stuff. Go watch the one with Ghostcrawler. It's up. It's on the channel. Check it out. We'll do it, Travis. Thank you. I think you'll like it, Nero. I think you'll like it. This has been Hotline League episode 39.